Hey gang, Hydraberg here, Cut Above Horror Review. Tonight we are joined by the father-son podcast duo of James of Trace Table and Jordan of Blackout Combat Podcasts. They're here to talk to us about Talk To Me from 2023. It's a hands-on episode of A Cut Above, and it's starting now. Cut my life into pieces! Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing Talk to Me from 2023. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. We have an extremely special um, evening ahead of us tonight. Two very, very special guests um, with a special relationship. First up, we're welcoming back our good friend James, a.k.a. Trey, from Trey's Table especially my old friend. Welcome back, James. Hello. Thank you guys for having me back. It's such a pleasure. Love of you guys. Course. Everything's great. So such a pleasure to talk to great people about a great movie. Thank you. you. You are always, always, always welcome. So glad love to have you energy. back. <laughs> and making this even more special, we have none other than James's son, Jordan, joining us in full for the first time, made a brief appearance on a, a past episode over the summer, but now he's in for the whole ride. Welcome, Jordan. So, so nice to have you with us, especially given that you're a big horror fan. I'm glad to be here. I think, how long was on it? For like 10 seconds? I don't Approximately, know. Approximately, yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually where we talked about this film, maybe. I think it was. I think we might have mentioned it around mm -hmm. that. So yeah. that's why we were like, all right, we'll put them on for that one. Yeah, I think we agreed right then and there. All right, they're coming back for this. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah, welcome guys. I don't think we've ever had a father son. I was gonna uh, say that guest on before. We've had siblings, uh, but not father son. Mm -hmm. So well, yeah. we are the uh, African American version of the six million dollar man. He's better, stronger, faster. <laughs> I like to call him <laughs> two point oh. Uh, you know, a little funny story. We went into a restaurant one time, and I walked in with him, and I saw a couple of servers look in our direction. I overheard one go. Oh my goodness, he is so handsome and fine. And my ego went up for a second. I realized they were talking about my son. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, my dream has always been for him to experience, you know, the finer things in life. And just you guys know, he is going to be graduating from college this semester. Wow. Unbelievable. Nice, Real. Jordan. Congratulations. Congrats, bud. That is such a huge achievement. And Jacqueline, if you can believe it, just when you met him, just a little itty bitty boy. Pretty soon, you're going to be getting the invite. You know, you might not be able to make it when he graduates from college. Boom. I'm definitely going to be sending all of you guys. I'm going to be flooding your emails and text messages with all the pictures. Oh, can't fantastic. Wait. Oh, my gosh. What what a momentous occasion. I, I really can't believe it. Um, those who maybe haven't heard uh, James's appearances the past two times he was on the show, just a brief history of my relationship with these folks. Um over a decade ago, I started going to a trivia night in my hometown and happened to meet James and Jordan, who were um, a an opposing trivia team who beat me handily every single week, but got to know each other and became friends that way. But at that time, Jordan was just a boy of like maybe, I don't know, nine or 10. And so it's just wild now that you're graduating. So Jacqueline, college. you're saying that a nine-year-old boy beat you in trivia? That's mm -hmm. ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> it's, wow. It was a very humbling experience and made me question a lot of my uh, views that I had previously held about myself. 
<laughs> and you went to college. That's it was, weird. <laughs> it was a check for my ego, to be sure. So, yeah. Brilliant um, like his mother. <laughs> indeed. So, um, yep, for, formidable team to play against in trivia. I would not there recommend it if you have a fragile ego. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes my new segment for the show. Oh, tri- yeah, <laughs> yeah just trivia. No. Give up all the give up all the trivia points to them. Just... It's called the father and son trivia, and they'll mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck. And so, also for listeners who may not be aware, each of you has your own podcast, right? That's correct. I will let my son go ahead and do the honors first, Jordan. So yes, I have my own podcast, which is I guess on the other side of the spectrum, which is related mainly to combat sports, so mixed martial arts or people almost call it doing UFC, but there's more to that than just that. That's like saying football is the NFL. I wish people would stop saying that. But yeah, that's the main thing. It's called Blackout Combat with a K, like Mortal Combat. So like that. Awesome. Fantastic. Nice. And I understand you're on a little hiatus, but planning to be back within the next few weeks, few me- few weeks, right? Yes. So the changing the format is I'm going to have another person, Justin Renfro. And it should start sometime in late February. We're looking to have a UFC fighter on there probably late February, maybe March. Don't know who yet, but there's a few people, though. That's awesome. Fantastic. Cool, cool. And what about you, James, a.k.a. Trey? Yes, I'm in the third season of my podcast. It's called Trey's Table. It's a podcast about African-American history, politics, and culture. And the inspiration was my son. Uh, my son knows everything there is to know about technology. You know, I've reached that stage now where I'm that older parent who's like, how does this work? How do you do this? You know, how do you get on YouTube? And um, he's just really inspired me when I saw him doing things on YouTube and doing the podcast. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and get started. And so we're in the third season now. And, um, you know, it's therapeutic for me to do that because, you know, my daytime job, I'm a lawyer. And so it's really good to be able to get out of that courtroom conflict mindset and just talk about things that I'm passionate about. And, you know, I appreciate you guys being loyal listeners, you know, my son as well. And, you know, you guys talk about downloads from various people. I just want to say that my mother is my number one diehard fan. When an episode drops, you literally can go from the moment the episode drops the exact number of minutes and then 30 seconds later there's a long text message from her talking about how much she loves every episode and she really appreciates it and then she always closes it off with and i just really really hope and pray that at some point you'll find someone to get married to because you can share <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> i mean she's your mom what do you expect so yeah but no um so yeah trade stable that's the podcast and if you guys are interested in those topics please check it out and my son you're gonna find somewhat stoic and maybe quiet but one of the greatest interviewers there's an interview he did with an mma fighter from overseas oh my goodness it was just what was the name of the fighter jordan referring to arthur minev okay by the end of that interview i was just in tears laughing because of the way that my son was able to bring out the sense of humor in the guests and my son's sense of humor. So if you're into combat sports, um, definitely check it out. Great, great podcast. Awesome. Those are always the best like, like interviews right there where it's just like, you're having a great time with that individual, you Mm -hmm. know, somebody that's known, but like, just like being able to bring out humor and just laughing and having a great time with it. It's not like this, so where did you get your start? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's a know? good point. Yeah, that, and that doesn't come naturally. I mean, for everybody, no. you know what I mean? So, no. No, that's a skill for sure. Yeah. That is an acquired skill. Awesome. Well, we've got just a whole host of, like, of expertise around here, lots of topics that uh, people are very knowledgeable about. We're, uh, we're Renaissance folks, are we not? Mm. <laughs> mm. No, I just know melange, if you will. Yes, it's a melange of interests and yeah. fields of of expertise. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jacqueline. I just know horror movies. That's all. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Pretty a, much I'm me too. Talk about movies. I'm a, I'm a dumbass. I mean, come on, come on. Well, then the three of us could have a trivia team against uh, James and Jordan and just be like the dumbasses. The horror. Are movies. we just doing horror movies? I mean, because I'd be down for that. We can do that. We can do okay. that. We might be able to compete. I don't know. Yeah. Our Achilles heel, Harry Potter. So oh, yeah. oh, I got him. I read the books sister. and the seen the movies. Oh, well, All right, we got you guys. Handberg is on our team. <laughs> Handberg. <laughs> thematically related to yeah. the topic. All this right. is an audio platform, but yeah, like uh, Hydraberg's name is Handberg today. Sometimes, if, know, the if the movie, my eye kept going to his box, and I was like, "What is?" You it? know why it is? Because every time I sign in, I'm on. It says Jacqueline's name. Because this is Jacqueline's yeah, account, account. Yeah, yeah, so when okay. I sign in, it's always Jacqueline. So I change it back to Hydraberg or sometimes something that, I don't know, the film has in it that I might think rhymes with my name. I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. For a while, there were just two Jacqueline's, and that was awkward. Oh, I yeah, laugh this, every week. This movie has nothing to do with hands. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. No. Just don't make no sense. Hand it to me, I think, is the sequel. Yes. <laughs> Talk to the hand. <laughs> Hand it to me. It's about Talk a dad. To the hand. <laughs> to the hand. There you go. You did it. Done. Sequel locked up. Mm. Yeah, there we go. All right. Oh, I forgot to introduce um, John and Hydraberg, too. Hey, That's John. Right. Everybody knows What's who up? we are. <laughs> the old normal guys. Bye. Well, I got so wrapped up in our guests that I kind of forgot about you guys. I'm As sorry. you should. Yeah. Jordan <laughs> James, they're, they're our special guest. So yeah. it didn't matter about us. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter. John, you look great, by the way, though. I just want to boost you up a little bit. Oh, thanks. So do you, Hutchberg. Thank you. You guys have some cool Amber. hats on. We do. We yeah. both have salt and pepper beards. Yep. Mine's all mine's all salt. Distinguished well, distinguished gentlemen around here. Oh, yeah. Right. How's my beard look, you guys? Is it pretty good? Pretty, I don't know. Can good. I touch it? Yeah. Your hair looks great. Can I touch it? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's nice. Nice beard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All oh, right. uh, we... Hey, baby. You want to stroke my beard? Oh, it's Billy uh -huh. Elvis. Hello. No, I, I was doing my butt head. But... Oh, I don't know what's... I don't know. Right. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I thought you were just going right into Billy Elvis there. No. Well, yeah. you guys ready to talk some horror tonight? Sure. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. John. All right, guys. Yes. I believe you have some solemn news. I do. And it's very sad. I'm sorry. I and, and Jordan and, and James, I'm sorry to start it off with the, the sad news. David MC, uh, mm -hmm. Flyboy from the 1978 Dawn of the Dead. Um, Flyboy passed away, age of 77. Godspeed, yeah. Flyboy. I know. Yeah. I know. I I thought he was older than that, though, because he looked older in the movie from 1978. Hmm. Yeah, I, probably in his he was in his, then, right? I, I thought I would have thought he was in his 40s. And so I would have expected him to be in like late 80s now. So I am a little surprised. Yeah, he's so young. yeah you're right. He, yeah. Damn, that, yeah. That Are you all familiar with that movie, John and, or James and Jordan? You know, I'm going to tell you, I know of the movie. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say that I actually watched it. And well, luckily enough, we covered a whole month of uh, George Romero's <laughs> zombie films, so you could just listen to our show if you want. Yeah, James, yeah. go go back to October. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah, and then just stay for Browvember. <laughs> <laughs> how many we times need... can we plug Browvember in this episode? Not enough. We need how many times can we pluck it? That. You said, did you pl- pluck it? So... <laughs> I walked right into that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, pluck that brow member. Mm. Uh, th- was there a remake of that with Ding Rains? Yes, yes. Oh, that's done. Oh, in yeah, two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder, by the way. And which some was of us, some of really us on good. this podcast would argue that it uh, surpasses the original. Okay, mm-hmm. I enjoy it more at least. Okay. Controversial opinion, yeah. perhaps, but here we are. Not on the podcast now. Not on us. Raise their hands. We're I know, like... but among some other fans, it might okay. uh, that might get us in trouble. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's yeah, I okay. See here, I just looked up on Google and I see the news of passing away seventy-seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, rest in peace, Flyboy. Yeah, yeah he was a good. he was a great zombie in that movie. I mean, oh, even yeah, though like like good. I hated I hated the color of the zombies because uh, and and Jordan and James like the color of the zombies was like a bluish it's blue. Yeah, but yeah, he looked it, really it was cool. almost like a Smurf. But like he was the most iconic. He was I, the I, hero I, zombie, John. That's was he? <laughs> yeah, almost all those films like had a hero zombie. There was almost always like one central zombie. I felt like where that was the single focus zombie that they really zoomed in on or did a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Bob was technically he was not the one the, in. Yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, there's uh, one Smurf who has a special place in our heart, so we like Smurfs. <laughs> yeah, my trivia team name was Brainy Smurf, so that's, that's the really? Smurf connection, yeah. And it was often just me because I had trouble maintaining, like, teammates who would want to come every week with me, so... Sometimes Bummer. brain is At least you showed me. up. I'm so you know, I'm still like I think that's uh cool that you still showed up even though your teammates weren't. You're like, fuck it, I'll yeah, still go. It was fun. Yeah. Was fun. Jacqueline is so damn smart. That's except the that I lost every week. So. Yeah, but you were by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because Jordan she was, she was intelligent because when she would be at the trivia competition, not only was she doing trivia, but then she was also reading classic novels. Yeah. So <laughs> and eating pizza, right? Right, exactly. So yeah, so you know. Well, at the I time I was watching places. my carbs, so I was usually eating just like grilled chicken. Ah, uh, but... okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know uh, what Trey was eating. Pizza. Yeah. One hundred percent. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Jordan, what were you eating at trivia nights? Pizza. Probably the same thing. Yeah, pizza. You guys were always eating pizza, right? <laughs> so he would have a pizza, French fries, wings. Damn. Um. At nine. See what else? Another pizza. I had to at some point take out a home equity loan, feed him and his sister tribute. <laughs> I'm gonna be very honest. The reason I started saying we've got to win is because we needed that discount off the bill. I was like, we've got to win. Yeah, got to win. <laughs> yeah. These kids are literally truly going to eat us yeah. out of <laughs> holy shit. Oh Lord. Damn. All right. So I, I don't know, Jordan and James. I don't know if you guys got this email, but uh there was a third teaser trailer for a movie. Apparently yeah. it's gonna be called Long Legs. I don't know. I've started, I've heard mixed things, whether that's confirmed or not. Like, because someone I, I says this... it's still a mystery of what film it is, but everybody's pointing. Well, at least for now, it. it's. Yeah. I think it's at least a placeholder. Yeah, that's what everybody's yeah, saying. Yeah, Hyderberg, you brought that up, but I mean, it looks like it. That's what it's going to be. What do you guys think of this trailer? Uh, let's start with Jordan. Jordan, what'd you think of the uh, teaser? 
So first thing is normally this is a pretty unpopular opinion of most most people. I actually usually hate trailers when it comes to a movie because I find that most trailers are too they give away too much for mm-hmm. one. And I usually tend because for example, like hereditary, I had no idea what it was about and it was a great experience. Same thing with what was the Asian movie? It was um what was the one with the people living under the um Parasite? Parasite. Yeah. And the problem was with Parasite, I knew the name. I actually thought it was a different movie I had saw before. What was it? The one with the people on the train with the zombies in the train to Busan. Train to Busan. So I went into it thinking I already saw it and halfway oh, no. through, I'm thinking, when are they getting on the train? And then I realized <laughs> yeah. it was a completely different movie. Like, he watched Parasite waiting for him to get on the train. <laughs> That's but, a fantastic uh, story. What I like what they're doing with this is it's very cryptic, which is me and my sister were into that type of stuff where, especially because I was I watched back both all three teasers about like a couple times because there was always like the little flashes of uh, the symbols and stuff. Yeah, and, and they I, change. I feel like that's the way you would want to market a horror movie where the real fear, I feel like, is the unknown. It's not Mm -hmm. when you kind of have an idea of what you're getting yourself into. It takes away, I think, a lot of the suspense. Whereas when I saw Hereditary and I had never seen a trailer, when it went to especially that one scene when she like like did the whole arching thing on the on the roof and all that. Mm. Yeah. And I had seen that scene beforehand, it wouldn't have as much impact. But with the long legs thing, it. It seems it's very vague, but it says a lot though at the same time, especially with the prayers one. The prayers one was to me was like the really spookiest one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I noticed too with the um in the prayers one. That's why I said watch them all, because there's like little things in all of them. The prayers one I noticed there's that um that cross on the ground <clears throat> or whatever that they're focusing on, but it's like it's kind of like the distorted or filthy or something like that, like the ground, and then that same cross is up on the wall later. Where we see that scene with the priest in the third trailer that you know everybody's supposed to watch. So mm-hmm. that's why I thought it, watching all three kind of helps. Well, yeah. the cross seems to mark a spot, almost like X marks the spot because yeah. um, that panel of the floor is then getting removed, and there's uh-huh, something and there's inside. Something there, yeah. yeah. Um, the first teaser with the um, where you just see the still photograph of the family and you hear the nine one one call. It seemed like um, it had that lo-fi quality that the Skinamarink trailer yep. had. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of reminded me of that because Jordan, the the word you used was perfect. So it was very cryptic. Like you don't, you're. It's really just images and sounds, but you're not sure how they fit together mm. or what kind of a story is being suggested by any of this. And I I agree with you that it's kind of just the right amount to intrigue you, but not tell you too much about what you're getting into. Because I agree with you, too many trailers do that, and it sets you up for failure, for disappointment with the movie. Mm-hmm. Every comment I saw on this these trailers too were like whoever's doing the marketing, like killer, killer job. Like everybody's like, I don't need to see anything. I'm already invested. I have no idea what the film's about, but I don't care. Like I want to know. <laughs> yeah. What, Show me. What did you think, that. James? It's exactly what I was thinking, and it made me think about a movie where I think it gave away too much in the trailer, but also in the opening credits, the last Mission Impossible movie. I don't know if you guys saw the yeah. last Mission Impossible movie. I did. Yeah. The trailer gives away, frankly, the best stunt in the film. Mm-hmm. And then I've noticed for the past two or three Mission Impossible movies, at the beginning, they have these little clips. And I'm like, wait a minute, why are you giving me a preview of the movie? So whoever's doing the marketing for this film, please call Tom Cruise. <laughs> Get with him before he does the trailers for part two of that movie and tell him, save it for the screen. 
And it, these trailers made me very excited because if they are this effective with the teaser trailers, mm -hmm. I'm thinking they're smart enough to know, you know what, let's not give away our best stuff. And it makes me incredibly excited to go and see it. So, you know, uh, I, I really loved it. And, you know, for whatever reason, it just made me flash back to uh, one of the first movies that I saw uh, with Jordan's mother, Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And just, it's eerie. you know, the marketing for that was so good. It, it had that vibe for me. So I, I enjoyed all three. Yeah. I, I think we're all totally on the same page with this. And, you know, we were just talking last week about this very topic because John's homework for us for one of his news stories was the Abigail trailer. We were talking mm -hmm. about that and we agreed that trailer gave away way too much. Like, yeah. oh, we already know what the movie's about. What the heck? Yeah, totally. It really does. Well, it's kind of a bummer. And if this is been... if this is long legs, uh, supposedly I think Nicholas Cage is um, attached to it. So I'm yep. wondering. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. Starring. One of the voices, yeah. or like the distorted voices, sounds like it could be Cage's. I, I I didn't pick that up, but I I mean I love the ambiguous kind of like yeah. tone that this sets. Like and like you said, Heidelberg, it's like it's three different teasers, mm. and you're like, whoa, there's something going on here. Yeah. And they're very cryptic, like you said, Jordan. So there's like no, to us, it seems like no rhyme or reason, but, you know, out of context it, for sure. Well, they're all so different. They're yeah. all totally yeah. different in tone and style. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, oh, these are all teasers but for all the same movie? equally like eerie. And yeah, but but it also feels like 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 something you'd see on Netflix, you know, like uh, the, the true crime type shit that you would yeah. see on Netflix. It, and it's like... Ooh, that's kind of weird because it's it ties that that first trailer into the third trailer or teaser. Yeah, and you're like, ooh, true. I crime. think there's coding in that in that labeling too that we keep seeing in red. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if it's yeah. like a Zodiac killer type. Yeah. Story. Could be. You know what it reminds me of. Uh, are you guys familiar with what ARGs are? Yeah, it's like an alternate reality game, right? Oh yeah, that's kind of related to the the. Like the Gemini home entertainment thing, like what do you call that? Uh, like the 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 analog. Yeah, the analog video. Or... So there was a YouTuber who went by the name Deeper, and it's probably an ARG, but during the time people thought it was real. So Deeper did something very similar to what the teaser was in this movie, where okay. it was a bunch of what's the word, staticky videos. Mm. But increasingly got more weird. So the first one was just a guy heavily breathing, walking down the street at like 9 p.m. But mm -hmm. the titles of the videos were, what's the word I want to use? They were coordinates. They were coordinates. And uh. so people just started, you know, investigating Reddit. And eventually the coordinates were actual murders that were unsolved. Oh, wow. Damn. That's so dark. And and then one of the darkest ones was there was a video where the guy or girl's unknown who the person is to this day. No one knows who makes the, who made the channel. It's still up on YouTube. But at one point in the video, if you re if you go in reverse, you needed a certain machine to pick up the uh, message and it showed another coordinate. And then there was another video where they were playing Charles Manson's music. And that was the message, the lyrics. And but the thing was, when it ended, it was in it went from English to Spanish at the end. And then the last video was a Spanish saying that Deeper is dead. And they never posted ever since then. They just left it there. Mm. And uh -huh. it was almost intriguing things. If you look up deeper on Reddit threads and stuff, people have tried to figure out why this. And the thing was, these unsolved murders weren't 
big known people. These were just, they were all women and they were all in different, like in a similar region. I feel like it was like in the Midwest or up Northwest coast, but they weren't popular people you would know of. They were just things almost, if you knew it, it was kind of weird to know about it. And people were just so intrigued by it. And he would all, and he had the little sign. I can't remember what it looked like, but it looked similar to what like a sniper, to a scope of a sniper looked like. And that was it. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sufficiently creeped Damn. out. Can you send us a link? <laughs> please, please. Because <laughs> now I'm dying to watch this. It sounds yeah, like it sounds like analog horror, like the Gemini yeah. Home Entertainment stuff. Whenever um, I talk to my kids and they tell me about Reddit, I start to realize number one, just how old I am, and number two, just how <laughs> this alternate world. I mean, they're very big on Reddit. So, wow. Yeah, I just learned something. I mean, I always learn something with you guys, but that's something. So I'm going to have to check that out, please. But I'm going to do it in the daytime. And there are people <laughs> around that I can call for assistance. <laughs> call for assistance. Yeah, just call Well, I, I think this long legs is doing the same thing where it's like analog, but it's also like mm -hmm. they're building up to something, you know, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, well, you I'm know, looking... maybe that's not the movie, but, you know, bloody disgusting actually said, yeah, this is the third teaser for yeah. long legs so do we have a release date for that yet i don't think so no no yet. Is it, but it's going to be this year right i'm assuming so yeah okay wait there yeah, Os osgood perkins he did uh black coat's daughter mm -hmm. and something like i'm the pretty thing that lives in the house did he do that that's one? it yeah i think so yep. i've never okay. seen either of those I think that was the the Pretty Things movie was his first film, and I think it was okay, you know, for a first. Black Coat's Daughter's on my list. Favorite. I know that's a hard mix movie. things about it, but oh, oh you saw don't it? spoil it, John. I don't want to know who uses it. All right, again. all right, all right. Well, let's see There's what Oz does. All right, <laughs> he had a gun. <laughs> all right, last story. This is a quiz for all of you. That'd be Hydraberg, Jordan, James, Jacqueline. Gee, I wonder who's going to win this trivia bout. I can't imagine. Oh, boy. Uh, there are five horror movie franchises that made $1 billion or more. So I'm going to start with our guests. Jordan, uh, what is a horror movie franchise that made $1 billion or more at the box office? So in total? In total. I feel like Conjuring has to be one of them. Okay. Oh, okay, just in general, enough. like not in total, like the entire franchise throughout history. Uh, I think that's what yeah, he's in total, I'm, okay, I mean, I thought you meant a movies of this year that just passed. Okay, no, 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 no like the whole no. franchise, dude. Like, <laughs> no horror movie made over a billion dollars like, this year. Godzilla, so. I don't know. Maybe. There's five. I don't know about <laughs> um, this, John. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so uh, James, I guess. So I'm going to put say the Scream franchise. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Jacqueline. I'm going to say Halloween. Mm. Okay. Hydraberg. Saw. Okay. So we have two winners out of the four. Saw. Are you tell us what they're? Okay. Yeah. Saw, number five. $1.13 billion. There's like 10 of them, so. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, that's what, that was my rationale for Halloween. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going for numbers. <laughs> we do have a winner on this one, though. Chicken dinner? Uh, hold on. Yeah, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Number four, it, chapter one and two. Wow, made just two one point one eight billion dollars. At number three, Resident Evil, 
Yeah, no I believe kidding. that. Also yeah. has like 10 of those things. Made $1.24 billion. Number two, Alien. Mm. Yeah, $1.6.5 billion. And our winner, oh, winner chicken dinner, conjuring. I bet it's conjuring. would be Jordan wow. with the Conjuring Universe. And like clearing the path, $2.4 billion. Jeez, holy, holy one. Dang. $2.4 Holy one. Yeah, $2.4 billion. That's hard to get my mind around. Wow. So good job. He did it. Nicely done. Always told you. What did I tell you? You are the dream of the ancestors. How is that possible? The dream of the ancestors. You need someone to anchor your trivia team 2.0. Because Aquaman, Aquaman's Spider-Man. part of the Conjuring universe. Is that how he got his numbers that high? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no. Malignant brought in numbers like that. Oh yeah, I guess so. It was no, all malignant, malignant actually did Conjuring, like the Conjuring universe, sure. basically, yeah. or just wow. the Conjuring's. The wow. Conjuring Wait, universe. Both of those were James okay, the Wan. Universe. Yeah. Yeah. Saw was yeah. James Wan too. I don't consider that a. Franchise. No, I, I understand that, but I, they're a, talking. No, no, about I was just realizing. No, I was just realizing, like both of the ones that were right. From our guesses, were both James Wan franchises. True. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dang, James Wan. Mm. Damn. He knows what makes money. That was a great question. I like that. That was a great yeah, question. Nice. That was fun, right? That was Shake fun. it up a bit. I like it. Absolutely. Right. Fucking Conjuring Universe, like two point four billion dollars. Man, and that universe kind of went. I mean, that one's I know, different. That's exactly. the universe. I guess you could consider that a franchise. Well, it's like it Saw, it though. Is. I mean, it's like 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 yeah. Jigsaw or Spiral. You know, yeah. it's like they incorporated that into the whole thing. So they make money. All yeah. right, is that so, it for news, they, John? That's it. Sorry. That was a good. That was no, no. That was a good news segment. Good I like playing the little game. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Although I wish it wasn't against the best trivia players of all time. So thanks a lot. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> Prime time player. Jeez, Louise. All right. Well, y'all ready to get into talk to me? Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Talk it right. to me. So this, whose pick was this? Uh, John's. John's. All right. So John, would you care mm-hmm. to explain why you chose Talk to Me for our film tonight? I did. Uh, I, I picked this because I had never watched it. It was. It, it didn't fly under my radar. I've heard so many great things about this movie, but I think we absolutely had to cover this movie on the podcast. So that's why I. Uh, that's why I picked it. I'm really glad that you did because like you, I had not seen it, but everybody was talking about it. And mm-hmm. so I really needed a reason to <laughs> to watch it. So had, Absolutely. Uh, James and Jordan, had you guys seen this already? Seen it we today. had. Yeah, we had. And okay. I will tell you, I remember I think Jordan was visiting at home. I'm not sure if it was a holiday break or whatever, but um, we're talking you know, about horror movies and so forth. And then he just said, I think it was either from Reddit or YouTube or something that he'd heard about this film and how people were saying that it was one of the best in years. And so, you know, I hopped on the TV and looked at the trailer. And this was another trailer that was just really good that told just enough, but not too much. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so we went to see it as a family. I went to see it with Jordan and his sister. And um, and I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later on, but just our reaction. And then I watched it again you know, in preparation for this. And even though I knew it was coming in certain places, they're still sort of like, oh, you know, and yeah. it, it's even more satisfying, you know, for me, a good test is a movie really, really good. How do you feel the second time subsequent viewings? 
So, yeah, I'm sure Jordan's probably watched it. I mean, Son, Son 3. Seen it twice, I think. Twice. twice yeah, mm-hmm. so twice for me, too. So, yeah, once in the theater, once at home. And, yeah, just, just loved it. Awesome. Well, I guess that's a, a good way to move into our next question, which is, does this <laughs> film fuck or does it suck? Oh, me? Yeah, John, can, I, you, I, can you jump in yeah, there? I, I, I guess it's me. Um, Jacqueline, I'm going to say Jacqueline, Jordan, James, Eigerberg. Uh, this movie fucks like you wouldn't believe. I mean, this lives up to the hype. This movie is so unique. It's it's a bunch of YouTube dudes that made this movie and just made this fucking gem uh, so Jacqueline, uh, instead of you like asking other people, because I know you feel bad about this, but Jordan, <laughs> this does this movie fuck or suck? So I'm trying to think if she doesn't even want to say it to me, would it be worse? You go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I just can't say it to you, but it's okay. There's nothing <laughs> weird about it. <laughs> no, there's let nothing loose. weird about it. Let loose, no, my friend. Let no. loose, my friend. Go, go ahead, Jordan. I second exactly what you said. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. Clever way around Good. that one. So it's, fuck it's or fuck. suck. I, I, I don't know what you said. Exactly what you just said when you answered. <laughs> hey, I still got some of those sensor noises from last week's uh, episode. I can just say it and I'll put it over there. Bleep, bleep, blah, blah, bleep, bleep. <laughs> it doesn't suck. There you go. It doesn't suck. Oh, there you All go. right. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. All right. All Jacqueline, right. take over the show. Thank you. I just, yeah. you know, I, you know, James, what about you? Does this movie. at all, guys. I know. Well, oh, you yeah. know, I've known him since kidding. he was a kid. I just can't say that to him. James, does the movie fuck or suck? Hey, it fucks all day and all night long, all year long. This is a classic. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. It is everything that you would want from a fuck and more. All right. That is a wholehearted endorsement. If That's I've how ever you do it, one. Jordan. <laughs> yeah. yeah jordan take, take notes come on man <laughs> listen to your old dad. Right, he may be faster and younger but there's some things that you know come with age you know <laughs> Foul that's right that's right that's right no truer words hydroberg and hydroberg Jack- how no, about hold on i uh, jacqueline i want you to go next we can go hydroberg oh okay uh well, I agree with all of you guys so far. Uh, I think that this movie is kind of a total package. It's got everything to offer that you would want. I feel like this is serious relationship material. Bring this one home to mom. I might even suck its feet. Whoa. <laughs> Very thematic. Yes. All right. And well, Berg. I'm going to click off at this because you said that. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. And John is out. <laughs> Hydraberg, what say you? Uh yeah, this uh this film hits like an emotional thrill ride of a hand job with just the right amount of spit. A hand job <laughs> so good it rivals your best fuck. This HJ fucks. Damn. Also very thematic, <laughs> and nobody is uncomfortable at all. <laughs> no. Was it Except Jacqueline because she was it the oh, red that she's much? turning? No, yeah, Jacqueline, no Jacqueline's turning red. Look at her. Uh, she's no, like, not. It's makeup. It's makeup. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe I was born with it, John. I don't know. All right. Well, John, you want to drop that spoiler warning so we can spoil it? Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be talking about Talk to Me from 2023 in its entirety. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we thought about it. Yes, I hope you do. 
Hydroberg, do you have a reach around plot summary for us? I do. I have a reach around. I'm going to use this hand that I found out back around in my house. Yeah, it's probably clean, right? They said I heard it was like a gypsy's hand or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's a hand bird. It's a, it's probably safe. <clears throat> you guys ready? Ready. Grief can come in many forms. A void inside is where it's born. A wilting rose with many thorns. A cut so deep is death inherent. An evil that lurks not always apparent. Nothing hurts you harder than losing a parent. So Mia, she tries to cope with her pain. Her and dad's relationship is feeling the strain. Attracted to a dark and viral game. Strap in, take the hand and light a candle. Invite them in and take a spin. It might be more than you can handle. Never over 90 seconds, Riley's tribe mishandled. His soul in limbo, his body spirits borrow. They bash his head into the wooden bureau. His cuts deep, his injuries thorough. Mia feeling nothing but grief and guilt. Attempts to grasp the hand that she was dealt. As Riley deteriorate, his wounds can be felt. Poor fella is lost in a stew. A hellish dominion where his soul stretched like goo. His very being kept whole due to his mother named Sue. Mia ready to clean up the mess she made for Jade. No stranger to death, no longer its slave. No longer afraid, the ferryman paid. This young woman took charge of her loss at the last moment. Decided to make a decision, decided to own it. A loving daughter and friend will read in her obit. Into a van she was slammed, now eternally damned. When grief is life, you wouldn't understand. Talk to me or talk to the hand. <laughs> As always, an absolute banger with a total clincher at the end. Like you know how to like you know that. how to finish with a bang. So creative, like that. Love it. Love it. I loved it. Oh my god. Uh, I saw this in the theater too. Uh actually I talked to you, I think, after. Uh, Trey, after you had seen it. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good theater experience. Very enjoyable. Great. Oh, that sound. would have been that would have been so much fun to watch it in the theater. The yeah. crowd. Yeah. There's great sound mm. and there's Dolby Atmos on the 4K disc that I got. And so I decided to wear my headphones, my gaming headset when I watched it. And I'll okay. tell you what, man, there's a lot of little sound things at play here that I don't know if you pick up if you're just not using, you know, speakers or something. Mm -hmm. I did my TV. We yeah. saw it. There's a theater that's just right up the road from where I live, and uh, Sinopolis, and has really great sound system. And I will tell you, the quality of the sound, it really, really, the movie drives it home during the scene with Riley. It's banging his head. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Because I mean, it started to get so brutal, even I had to you know, try to turn away. And in many aspects, not seeing it's even worse, because I think the real violence oh. scene is the sound, just the boom. Boom. It's, I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. It's so loud. Where'd y'all see it? West Orange? So we actually went to Sinopolis. To where? Yeah. Sinopolis in uh, Winter Garden. Oh. We've been to Sinopolis. Yeah. I Sinopolis, not. I want to say, opened maybe about two, three years ago. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> see, son, when you get older, time bends, uh, changes. Well, and, I moved yeah. away eight, eight, almost nine years ago. So, well, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. But yeah, it's. Not yeah, so we saw it in the theater first, and then I watched it. That's I cool. actually noticed through the sound that uh, each spirit that comes um, has its own sort of theme, like sound mm -hmm. that you can hear. Uh, one of them has a sound where you can hear like dirt being poured on on top of it later on in the very end. And the one that's inhabiting Riley, you can hear like moisture, like mm -hmm. water effects throughout the film at certain times. It's pretty cool the way they work it in. Mm-hmm. Jordan, so I read... where'd you? Yeah, I, it, Jordan, where'd you see this? Was I it at home or? I saw it both times in the theater. The second time was interesting because, in a weird way, 
it actually felt more nerving the second time to see it than the first time. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was? So, because my first initial takeaway of the movie when I first saw it was this was basically a grief movie. That's exactly what I got from it. So knowing the outcome of at the end, she ends up being one of the spirits and it's a repeating cycle. So mm-hmm. kind of it from the perspective of, okay, so she ends, so how it ends up starting is the same way it ends. There was a part though where especially I would say, I think when I think the scene with her dad, when her dad was finally going to tell her about what actually happened with her mom. And then her mom showed up in the, I guess, spirit form of saying, I didn't really do that. I didn't do that. So when it goes back to the last sequence of when she decides to actually throw herself off, Uh she ends up back to not necessarily square one, because at the end of the day, it's not square one. It's a new form. I think it kind of spoke to the idea though of, I say that grief, if you don't deal with it, you end up stuck in the same mental state. But even uh-huh. though it physically does turn into one of the spirits, grief is a kind of like a revolving door where even though it ends with you, it doesn't necessarily end with other people as well. So yeah. in a way, it's a two-way thing because on one hand, everyone else's life seems like it moves on because she's walking by and no one's speaking to her. Everyone's just kind of moved on. Whereas now though, at the same thing, there's going to be a whole new group of people who presumably are in the same position as her. Mm-hmm. Where now it's their turn to walk through the door because it. All- yeah, I agree with that hundred percent because it's like Mia becomes the entity at the end of the movie, and you well, know, she's just one of the souls ahead. that can be channeled through the hand now. Right, but exactly, I, I mean, she's in that limbo that, state. Yeah. yeah, and it's like every other entity is just like I'm just trying to get out of this, you know? Yeah. Well, and Jordan, I think what you said was so insightful about the necessity to actually face grief and deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure it will surprise none of you to know that the directors of this movie, their twin brothers, um, they have a friendship and working history with um, some of the crew members on Babadook. Okay. Uh, and I, I believe that they had helped with some of that. I think they worked on Babadook in some capacity years ago. Um, and, I forget the name of the lady, but there was there was one crew member on Babadook who helped develop the story for this movie and helped them kind of focus it. And so I think you can kind of see those shared themes. Right. But didn't these guys start up as YouTube guys where they were mm-hmm. like 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 mm-hmm. trying to film mm-hmm. like action or Yeah, or but this is their first like theatrical feature. Film. Right, right, right. Yeah. James, what what did you want to say? I had a question and it was brought up by um, Jordan's comment. You know, and he was talking about the ending and Mia throwing herself off. But I watched, uh, there was an excellent analysis sort of explainer video by this individual title. It's called One Take. Mm-hmm. And he says that he believes that Mia actually didn't jump into the road, that she was pushed. She was pushing Riley and then got to a point where she realized, you know what, I can't do this. And so she was not going to push him into the road. You see Jade running. And that they cut away and there's an argument to be made that Jay pushed her. Yeah. And so what makes it even more tragic of a film is that Mia was about to do the right thing, but Jay comes, sees this, pushes her and kills her. Mm-hmm. And so rather than her being able to say, hey, Jade, no, I'm not going to do it. Jade understandably is trying to save her brother. And so that makes it even more tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm watching. Yeah, but. 
how would that how would that save her brother though like how would he just change all of a sudden what i took it as and obviously we can they don't distinctly tell you but i thought that maybe mia took <sighs> did she touch we don't see it but remember that the the entity was like touch me i felt like it wanted to take her or do something with her too or and then when she takes it outside instead it's like yeah do it push me off or whatever and then it felt like almost like did she take the entity with her and then she jumped real quick like she before she but, turned you know what I mean she but, was able to just but she she like an exorcist really, kind of thing no you're right but isn't I that mean, what happened in it, Smile right oh, yeah that's true <laughs> and uh, and Fallen I think yeah yeah well I, the one thing is is that that like when she stood up nobody was paying attention to her Mia. Yeah, which because she didn't die because oh, she was that was her spirit, like her right, up. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I go. think it's interesting that the camera cuts away for that moment, and you don't see exactly what no. happens. And I and I think that's very deliberate. I think it's deliberately to make us have this conversation. Well, what happened there? Did she uh-huh. did she sacrifice herself? Was she pushed? Being pushed by Jade exactly. is interesting. I didn't think about that. I thought yeah. that was when that was the first push, thing I thought, I thought you meant happened. like the monster, the spirit, or one of the yeah. spirits pushed her. Yeah, but then no, think right. I Jade was... got down there and just saved her brother like that. Yeah, that's interesting. I My agree. First thought was that yeah. it was Jade. Actually, I was yeah. surprised. I mean, she had every right to, but um, I, but I like there to was think a, that there... took the spirit and then kind of sacrificed herself. Yeah, but there was a scene like like in the hospital where. Uh, the brother was okay, and maybe and that's why she see, wasn't damned. I know, but you see the dad like going to the uh, the elevator, and it's like, what was I think that? the dad survives, and that was him leaving the house. Like she was getting glimpses. Oh, of- okay. Those okay. are time jumps because then she saw oh, Jake, like she saw Riley okay. better in the hospital than Riley yeah. with his sister, yeah. and then the lights turned off there, so, and dad was leaving. So he's real, yeah. but he can't hear her because yeah. she's dead. So. Yeah, and she's in the, and then she gets sent into the darkness. I, so you mentioned that this is a film about grief, which obviously it is. Um, but mm-hmm. also, I do feel like the hand is a metaphor for like substance abuse. Um, I agree. Possibly the way it's 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 passed around at parties. Um, the way it's there's a viral uh, thing about it. People get fucked up on this thing, kind of. They take it, their eyes dilate, and they go back, and then everybody makes fun of them and takes videos of them doing dumb shit. Dude, this is um, also, a fucking she Gen uses Z substance movie. abuse. You know, almost people use that to overcome grief mm-hmm. or as well. Or you yeah. know what I mean? So Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think of, there's definitely an analogy to be made there. Yeah, she throws herself mm-hmm. into this hand, like once she mm-hmm. kind of experiences it. John, that's interesting that you said it's a Gen Z movie. I it feel is. like uh you know, it's, I think it's not about like technology and the role of of social media in our in our you know real life social interactions but it's definitely there i feel like it's not explicitly about that but i think that element exerts a pressure on what the characters do in the movie and um you know that that like propels this thing forward um allows it to go viral makes this a notorious thing everybody wants to try it i disagree i because it's like they show it they you know make it look like awesome you know that they're doing this this is awesome well it's like it's like a controlled substance right like you it is awesome to some right. people until it gets out but of you control go too far until you go too sure. far um sure i don't so know I'm sorry what do you disagree with i kind of thought we were saying the same thing no we are <laughs> whether it was a gen z sort of like uh themed movie or aimed movie like at that generation i don't know i mean it's got younger kids i, I like that it takes place uh nowadays um 
it's not my generation, but I nowadays I get these, I, I get these characters. Well, I, it's in the present or whatever. Um, Jordan, and I like the opener. This made you sound older to say yeah, no. no, no Jordan, back in Jordan. the day. Come on, come on, I young like person. That the opener kind of establishes right away this whole thing of like when um, Duckett is obviously you know messed up or something, and Cole comes to get him. What is everybody mm-hmm. doing as soon as he comes out of the room? Everybody's got their cameras out, and they're all just taking you know a uh, video of everything. And then that whole scene, that opener, just was shocking in the theater mm-hmm. it was like stabs his brother and then that whole to his head and the party kind of just erupts i was just like what the fuck i did not see that coming yeah i like that opener a lot so as yeah. i think maybe the oldest person here my take on this the gen z i agree with you so let me give you the get off my lawn approach to this movie you <laughs> <laughs> that my son's generation they are starting to realize the danger of being so connected yet being so alone. Yeah. If you look, so many scenes in the movie, characters are constantly on phones, constantly yeah. on cell phones. And there are critical things that happen when people are on phones. You know, there are a couple of circumstances where people are not able to reach people because they either have the phone turned off or they're distracted. And I think, you know, there's Heidelberg made this point that, you know, the people were getting into this because it had gone viral. It's something that everyone's seeing and so these kids, rather than back in my day, when people would actually talk to each other and have friendship <laughs> on, instead what they're doing is they're chasing the next viral thing. And, you know, one of the things that we know about internet culture, you know, online culture, is that there's catfishing. And in many ways, the spirits here were catfishing. Okay? Absolutely. You have these yeah. spirits saying, hey, I'm your deceased mother. I'm some nice <laughs> little person. But... You know, in reality, as soon as I get you in, mm. guess what? I'm going to flip the script. And the person who you thought was this handsome man or this beautiful woman is going to turn out to be the person who's going to, you know, fleece you and literally take, you know. Yeah, and there's every- no, like, solid rules to this That's whole thing. Point. It's all passed down. Mm-hmm. So, like, right. we don't know what the spirits can- are capable of or what this thing. It's it's This thing's like a Ouija board, sort of, um, in a sense, right. you know, if you think about it in that way, that it channels spirits in a way, but. It's a different take on it, for sure. I, lo- I really like it. That's what I loved about this movie, though. I mean, it was like, it, it was such a different take on a horror movie that yeah. it was like... It felt fresh. Yeah, it, it was like... You know, familiar oh, with fresh. You know, you grab Fleshing. you grab a hand of a, you know, a hand that has been... What do you call it? They um, said it was a medium like embalmed and preserved. It was embalmed. Yeah, embalmed. And then plastered right. over. Covered in yeah. yeah, and it was yeah. like... It was awesome. Well, what I like about that is that, like, the rules were simple. Uh-huh. They didn't make it overly complicated. Like, it, it's it's a pretty simple story in some ways, if you think about it. Sure. It, it, it does follow the same patterns of, you know, possession movies, but the mechanism is, is fresh and new and kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't make it overly complicated. Uh, when I was doing research for my trivia, the directors, I can't remember their names at the moment, but the directors talked about how what we see on the screen is pretty straightforward and simple, but there's actually a ton of background information that they developed in order to have like full understanding of not just the characters in the movies, but the spirits that appear as well. And they literally created a book of all the like mythology that's going on with this hand. And they said, you know, we may never use this or put it in any of the forthcoming you know, sequels or anything, but we wanted to have a deep, complex understanding of what's going on here and how this is manifesting 
um, in That's the events good, that actually. take place in this movie. Yeah, so they called it like the mythology Bible or something, but they have complex stories about each of the spirits that manifests. Wow. And um, to me, it shows, that just though, seems like and... commitment. Yeah, commitment to the storytelling and deep understanding. Each one's distinct, you know? Mm -hmm. and different they're Absolutely. they're dead and they can kind of get glimpse like ideas that like maybe how they passed or what happened to them um mm -hmm. and then the, like i mentioned the sound uh and design of like having a distinct sound in each one is that's i like that they did that yeah that's not like you know it's not random there there's a reason yeah. for that somewhere we may never know what it is but the filmmakers knew and sometimes that's enough speaking of sounds again i'm going to tell you um and jordan jackie Heidelberg and John, interested in getting your thoughts on this. Obviously, we talked about the sound with Riley. You know, sound's such an important part of this. For me, the most terrifying sound is that scratching. The scratching. There's there's a spirit where at some point you hear the scratching, you know, because it's a part of, you know, how Mia's mother, I guess how she was scratching. At the door, but, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I noticed it more the second time. You know, the first time, you know, there's certain things that you just don't get, but that second time I noticed how pronounced it was and, it just brought that sense of terror. So I'm just curious, what other sounds really were the ones that stood out for you guys? The kangaroo yeah. was just sort of eerie and, uh, you know, it's in pain. And that whole scene is just sort of like, you kind of, I'm trying to make, what, what is it? What are they trying to signify there where she didn't really do anything about it, right? Is that speaking on her grief too, where she hasn't been doing anything about that as well? Or, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's yeah. speaking it comes to back like into an, play later. an inability to take action, even when yeah. it's for her own or someone else's own good mm -hmm. you know like an inability so when she to, sees it to later make the hard decisions and take the hard actions yeah what's up jordan so i know a lot was said about being this like kind of a gen z movie so from a gen zer <laughs> i think one of the bigger themes that i took from the movie is the idea at least i think this could apply to every generation to some degree but are any of you guys familiar with the group death grips at all so there's a no, no. it's a hip-hop well kind of a hip-hop group and they had a song released back in, I believe, 2012. It, it came in this around the time when there was a lot of police brutality going on, especially in the early 2010s. It was a song mm -hmm. called I've Seen Footage. And it the song, to get into the themes of it, essentially talks about the idea of a guy who sees police brutality footage and gore all the time to the point where he doesn't even feel the human sense of, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like usually when... People, when we see someone, you know, die, someone in pain, there's a human sense of that, you know, empathy of that's terrible. This makes us feel bad. But I feel like with the growth of the Internet, especially because Gen Z is a very interesting one, because at least like I think about my little cousin, Kevin, he will be the first generation that grew up where even though we ha I had the Internet, it wasn't in the same way. And this is when I was like. Up until like nine, for example, I don't even think I used the social media up until maybe I was in like late middle school, whereas mm -hmm. my little cousin will have grown up with it the entire way through. But I think a big thing when you're exposed to a lot of things on the internet is you become desensitized to things that normally should make you feel terrible. So if you think about it, like in the sense that you can see someone get their, get possessed, their eyes go black and they're acting in ways and they're speaking out in things that should literally scare you. But the idea of internet sensation makes people desensitized to uh -huh. things that normally as humans make us human. So I think the biggest thing to note too was the idea of the first instinct when Riley literally is getting possessed and he is just 
going crazy. No one's even thinking, is he okay? I don't want to get caught. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, they're trying to hide the scene. They're very selfish, and you're right, they're lacking that empathy. Mm-hmm. And that and that's kind of reminiscent of you see at like a lot of parties or even frats, for example, where when someone's using a substance and they're overdosing, people don't even think help this person, it's yeah. cover it up. Yeah. Cover it up, videotape it, or just bounce, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, the opening scene of the movie where I mean it's something horrific. And what are people doing? Grabbing the phone. Can't wait, yeah. to, you know, to can't wait to record it, you know, can't wait to get it online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan, that scene- I think that's that's a really insightful comment. And I, you know, I hadn't really thought of it that way before, but I think you're absolutely right. Um, that it's it's led to this desensitization <clears throat> when you see so much um, you know, in reality that those of us who are a little bit older didn't see all the time mm-hmm. um growing up, that it it can just make things like that seem normal and like kind of ho-hum. And I I was struck during the scene when they're at jade's house and everybody starts taking a turn prior to that scene we had just seen like one at a time but Mm. in this scene and they do kind of this montage montage, set to music yeah where it's like everybody's taking turns and it it looks so similar to the kinds of like drinking and like parties like Mm -hmm. jubilant frenetic wild chaotic type of like um you know rapidly edited kind of scene that you used to see in the movies that we sort of came of age with you know like teen movies and stuff like that yeah. but it, it looks like a it looks like just a fun wild crazy time they're having but they are literally summoning the dead i mean yep. yeah and then allowing them to possess for them for sake. 90 seconds yeah that is not a party game for god's sake like, no but to them it is they're loving to them it yeah. is well, and so that's part of what's what kind so of thrill shocking about it yeah they're getting high I mean, yeah. that's that's their high right there. Even the kids that <laughs> seem a little bit more straight edge or get, you know, getting into the Daniel, the guy who, you know, his first try was horrible that he's mm-hmm. getting licked by the dog, which we all know mm-hmm. had the worst breath because they kept talking about how bad the dog <laughs> might have smelled. Yeah, that scene was gross. Film on his face. Oh, my afterwards. God. <laughs> horrible. Made me get that was the most horrific. Thing. But then he tries it again. Right. And he keeps doing it yeah. during the montage. Yeah. He's like one of the guys, you know, everybody's hanging out. Yep, no Doing. thrill is ever enough. They have to keep coming back. I don't think more I ever saw did I don't think Jade ever did it though. No, I don't think she did either. I think she was wary of the whole She's thing. She was watching the whole um, thing. Well, that kind of brings me to another thing that was unsettling for me about this movie, which is the thought that again, this is kind of more of a Gen Z kind kind of issue, I guess, is that when when you're a teenager, like you are so young and your brain is not fully developed yet and you literally do not always have the ability to foresee the consequences of your actions. And we all like, I don't care who you are. We all did stupid stuff as teenagers. Mm-hmm. It's a rite of passage. It's part of growing up. It's part of maturing. Oh, John didn't. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I exception. didn't. I did not. But the rest of us all did dumb stuff as teenagers. And, but we had the luxury of no, of like not having to worry about that being on the internet forever. Yeah. You know, to, which would literally haunt us our whole mm-hmm. lives. And I'm sorry to say, Jordan, but your generation does not have that luxury. No. Uh, and that's that's very unsettling. Yeah, it's very interesting because I would say I think the biggest thing that I feel like my generation lacks is that we don't understand that people change over time. So, again, this concession can go in a very yeah, comes with being young too. every generation. Yeah. Feels like, you know I mean? No, absolutely. No, there's no judgment whatsoever. It's just yeah. No, 
Yeah, for example, I mean, the person who I was when I was like 17 is vastly different than how I'm now at 21, even mm -hmm. though it doesn't seem like a big jump in time. Like, for example, I'll put it in this perspective. When I was 17, for example, I was going into senior year of high school, and this was before even COVID was even foreseen or anything like that. Now at 21, I'm about to graduate college, and there's a whole different landscape. And there's things that I didn't even think I would get into that I'm at now. If you had told me I was going to do sports commentary and competing jujitsu fights when I was 17, I'd be like, mm, probably, probably wouldn't see that. Nice. I think this goes to the bigger thing though, of there's also, we're very alone, but we're never actually alone. So for example, if you go out into the public, a lot of the time, there's some type of surveillance there. I mean, literally everyone is holding some type of surveillance device. Uh -huh. They want to see it that way or not. So in a way, like you were talking about the lack of, privacy that my generation has but there's an interesting thing so this is going to be a very niche thing i'm going to reference so in the 90s specifically there was something called the freakniks which is very which is a very popular party amongst a lot of hbcus for example and the freakniks were seen as things where it was what happens there stays there however i forget which company there they want to do a documentary where there's this lost footage of those parties and so now people of that generation who went to college in the 90s are rallying against this documentary coming out because they could potentially you could potentially They're gonna get canceled if that shit comes out right now yeah, from something 30 years ago yeah yeah right and it's the idea that like how much can you hold someone from something they did 30 because for example i even say this when i was 15 years old I couldn't even have I can look back at some things I've even said or like posted and think but that but then if you look at me that same way as I was the 15 year old I feel like that it's not a fair judgment but the problem is with how people I think what was the movie we just watched um the other day probably it was um dream scenario dream scenario I oh, can't wait to see that without getting too much into it at least I will speak about it in a vague way there's this idea that where people almost, I think internet apologies just don't work. You can apologize for something over and over on the internet. You see YouTubers, they apologize for a tweet they said, I don't know, 10 years ago. But the issue is, if somebody was willing to go back 10 years for something you said, they probably don't care that you feel remorseful or changed about it now because they already had that feeling about you. Whether mm -hmm. it's something you said or did, or even they just don't like you. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. I think to say with that, with like especially that first scene where Dulu gets stabbed and everyone's thinking, but it, but it, but people may look at it and think, oh, no one would do that. But think about how many police brutality videos you see all the time, and what are people doing? Yeah, just recording it. Well, yeah. let me tell you, Jordan. Um, you know, generations are not too different because I'll tell you this: when I was a little bit younger than you. Of course, we didn't have cell phones, this, that, or whatever. But um, there was this thing, you may have heard of it, called the VHS. No. We just covered it a couple you, episodes ago. What is it? Like, yeah, is, yeah. is that like a Stone Age thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, it is. The it thing is. you made out of rocks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I remember one time after school, there's this guy who says, hey, you know what? I've got this VHS, and I'm telling you, it's so cool. You got to come to my place. My father's not going to be there. My mother's away. And we're going to watch something. I was like, okay, you know, look at this. Either Faces of Death or a porno. Snuff film 
Uh, it's snuff. Whoa! Stuff, you know, he puts real? it in <laughs> and he pushes play, and I'm like, you know, what is this? He's like, oh no, trust me, you gotta watch. He's like, have you ever seen people die? Oh my god! And I will tell you, and it, you know, some religious, spiritual people in the family, and so I started thinking, wait a minute, if we watch this, this is terrible. It's bad. And I've got to get out of here before the spirits and the ghosts come. Mm. So. So, son, trust me when I tell you that, um, you know, this whole notion of generations sometimes being exposed to things that they shouldn't see, you know, that can affect them and affect their ability, you know, to have empathy. It's been around for a while. And let me tell you, son, when I watched this movie in the theater, you may remember I was with you and your sister. And, you know, you, you guys are older now, you know, you're above 18 and you do your own thing. But trust and believe this movie made me think. Do I need to go out and get those little apple chips where I can follow you guys and, <laughs> you know, make sure that nothing crazy is going on? Because I will tell you that party where they're getting together and doing sort of the ring around the rosy with the spirit possession. Yeah, that was one of the more disconcerting parts of the movie, you know, for me, because the music that's playing and they kind of make it joyful. But yeah. folks, you're being possessed by either spirits or demons. Yeah. That's why it, it, I really... definitely take draw like the lines to drug use. You know what I mean with the, yeah. that scene in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, James. I yeah, agree I with know. you. That was that was yeah. upsetting to me as a parent. It made me oh, worry for my future adolescent kids. Like, because oh, yeah. Riley's there too, and he's like too young to even be there. And that's yeah, the whole but thing. how old like, do we think us... he was? Maybe fourteen. They don't want I mean, him. To hold on, so hold young. on. But all of us have experienced that. We've been there. I mean, it, again, I'm not condemning it's not... it at all. We're just no, saying no, it's alarming. It's, it's a, you know what I mean? It's a rite of passage. But you know, we it's... also didn't have the ability to record things for all of posterity. Correct. I get. Yeah. And just you have no control over the situation too. Once you take that hand, like anybody can take. Of uh, any photos or video of you once you're possessed. Uh, I mean, it, yeah, Hyderberg. I mean, it's like you were that age, and it was like, okay, you can go through this too, <laughs> right? You know, and you guys talking about you know drugs and so forth. My yeah. daughter pointed this out to me, and then just in preparation for this, I remember you know making some notes. The song that Riley and me are listening to before they hit the kangaroo chandelier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Sia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. See a song. I see ya. Yeah. I see ya. I like that moment too for them because it shows that like they have this bond. Um, they have a connection. Yeah. You know, he's not just mm -hmm. like an annoying little brother tag along nah. type. Like they genuinely like each other. And like her, his own sister didn't pick him up, so he called her and she got there it's like touching. really quick to get him, you know. Well, so it illustrates how she's become part of the family, that they've kind of integrated her into the family since her mother's passing. Yeah, which I think is really lovely house. and touching. Yeah. yeah. And it, when you see her dad too, like the first time you see her dad, he's blurred out behind her over the shoulder. Yeah, that's like, right. That's yep. Showing their relationship basically. Oh, in the kitchen. It's like two <laughs> years like, since mom. Passed. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. You can tell that it's strained. Uh, can I say one more thing about just the hand situation and the party scene? Sure. Um, just taking a step back and kind of like looking at it more just like on the surface and more literally. Um, so is it Haley who lays out the rules saying that here's the words you say, you, you have to stop it after 90 seconds? Yeah, and Joss. Yeah, so the thing about that is like, these people are like basically a bunch of shitheads and you're going to take their word <laughs> for it? Like, these people had to put an enormous amount of trust in what they are. Haley and Joss said. And like, they really have no reason to trust them. So it's like they no. just take their word for and it. And they just got like the hand from some dude named Duckett. They didn't even that know Duckett. Is risky. 
That you know is I mean? risky, man. Yeah, they're like... they're kind of like the drug dealers too. Those those two that come with the you know the stuff in the bag and then take mm -hmm. it out and everybody uses it. So exactly. I'm just saying that's a that's a an unwise amount of trust. To yeah, put but then, somebody yeah. that you're not even friends with and like what do they really know? But that, they heard that, it from that, them. That, yeah, but that's the whole point of the movie is that they're the drug dealers. Yeah, the peer so, pressure of it all. Yeah, um, yeah. And then and like, like Haley's character, I thought was interesting because um, they are kind of a shithead. Uh, I don't like the character, but I do because it's played really well. It's written well. Sorry, who are you talking about? Uh, Haley. Haley, yeah. Just it's like they are a malicious character in a sense. Like I just don't like the character, but it's because it's a good character. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. like I would not want to hang out with that person. Yeah, they are well. I don't acted. trust those two that much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But so is, was that Haley character character a trans? Yes, yeah. non non binary. Non binary. Yeah, yeah I, I, I got that. They, which I, I appreciate I, I, that that's sorry. just like, I appreciate that that's just organically woven in there. It's not made a deal of. It's just, that's just a character. I love their Who car too, by the way. I don't know if no, I, cars, I, but I, I love that. I, I love that whole theme of that. It was just like, okay, this is bringing this well, into the, the, the now. The, uh, the actor is, I don't know that the character was supposed to be or anything. They never, well, the, the character was referred to, the, the, the individual character was referred to with the pronoun they. Oh, okay. I okay. didn't catch up on that. Okay. Yep. It, yeah. So it is the drug here. Is it social media? Is it attention? Is it cell phones? Because James, I, mean, I, I, yes. think, I think it's just, all. Yeah, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, I think it's all. The attention man. one in particular, yeah. Um, I mean, that's what the social media feeds on, right? Our need well, for also, attention. I would say also like the, the thrill of danger, like the, the, the rush mm -hmm. of doing something taboo. Hold on. I, I want to ask Jordan, what do you think it was? So I can say is a lot of those factors, but I would say, so I don't know what the term exactly would be, but what is it called when you almost become aware that you're a person, but not in like a literal sense, but you, is it like derealization or, I think a lot of time I would say this, people use the term brain rot in the okay. sense where with social media, especially if you're most, if you check most people's screen times is over in double digits mm. at a only real life becomes mundane even though there's many interesting things i mean for example as humans we used to be hunter gatherers we the whole idea was if you lived that was a good day but now it's people don't like the idea of just like like existence alone is kind of it's whatever it's not yeah it's like well barry didn't share my post yet you know that's that's important to me right now like he well, like my 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 feed. It's yeah. an observation about cell phones. Usually, when I go to the movies with the kids, they sit down. Hey, kids, how's life? Good. Those are the previews. The movie starts, and then you know they'll pay attention. And then as soon Jordan as the movie finishes, busted. you know the, the lights come up. This is, I'd say, one of maybe two movies where when the film ended, they didn't reach for the phones. Mm. You know, I could tell mm. that they were very emotionally affected by this. Jordan literally sat there for just about a minute. And I remember exactly what I said, what he said, rather. And it was, oh, my God, I have so much to say about this movie. <laughs> and I'm still forming my thoughts. And then That's how I felt after like, Hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. And his sister was like, wow, you know, this was really good. And I, I think, didn't we sit in the theater almost for like about five minutes afterwards talking about it before we got up and left, right? Right. Yeah. So. It's the one movie that took you guys off the phone. 
and I'm so happy. So to the writers, producers in the studio, A24, <laughs> thank you for giving me quality time with my kids. You thought you were making just a horror movie, but you helped us rebond as a family and as a father. Nice. I lost his kids to the iPhone. Thank you so much. That's powerful. Yeah, that, that makes me a little box. sad. Yeah, Jordan, but, get off your phone more and talk to your dad. Wait, hold on one second. <laughs> yeah, literally, so, son, talk to me. Wait, wait. The directors, <laughs> That's what the directors were YouTube guys, right? Yeah. Creating YouTube yeah. content, correct? Yep, mm -hmm. yep. Wow. Holy fuck. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. You can no, say it's okay if too. It's okay if you say it. <laughs> I believe the kids say bussin'. Uh, bussin'? Yeah, bussin'. I think Is it that is. what I gotta I, say? I believe the kids say. <laughs> I think Wilson. that's what they say nowadays, John. <laughs> Oh, God. No, I said, holy fuck. I mean, this. I think yeah, this is a achievement for like first time filmmakers. Uh, tone of this, voice. this movie, this movie is important. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it's got like some sort of gravitational pull to it that you know, like, I got to watch this movie. I, I don't care how old you are. You got to watch this movie. I think it definitely speaks to several gen uh generations of this film absolutely with several fans it yeah. might have even pushed some people away that are sort of like oh this is about kids you know what i mean yeah well people you know felt I mean? that way boomers. with bodies 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 yeah or well, well, fucking or... boomers yeah get away yeah. go away <laughs> boomers but another thing well, that impressed me about it oh, i'm sorry jack oh no please go ahead James. what impressed me about it you know again as someone older i don't know if the filmmakers were influenced by these movies but there were just so many times when I was watching the movie and I was thinking, oh, wow. Poltergeist, The Exorcist, Sixth Sense, you know. Um, James, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I felt Exorcist all the way through this movie, yeah. dude. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and going back to literary sources, I was thinking strongly of The Monkey's Paw. I don't know if any of y'all are familiar okay, yeah, with that yeah. story. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The hand Absolutely. itself literally being mm -hmm. in the film. Yeah. For sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that they don't really tell you about the hand too much. Like, there's that little bit of lore. We don't yeah. know if it's real or not. Uh, it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, the hand the doesn't ever break, and we never see the reveal of what it. And it gets passed along, and ends mm -hmm. up in another country. It looks like it looks like yeah, it might be in India. Greece. My subtitle said Greece. Greece. Yeah, it oh, was Greece. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. Um. Well, and so in that way, it's I. That's an element of the movie that I really liked is that they don't over-explain the origin of this mm -hmm. object and its story. Um. Which to me, it's almost like an emblem of an urban legend. And urban legends yeah. are something that I'm very interested in. They're sort of like our modern oh, yes. folklore. And a lot of the kind of horror that I'm interested in has a lot to do with that. We talked about that, I think, when um, when Justin from Straight Chilling was on for Sleepy Hollow, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, and so it's one of those things that gets passed along and passed along and passed along. And it's always, oh, my brother gave me this. And, oh, this came from this psychic, this medium. Oh, no, it was a Satanist. And the stories kind of get mixed up, but it becomes this lore. And so in this case, you know, we've had all these conversations about the technology and the social media. But it's like that is the way that our modern folklore and our urban legends are spread nowadays. It's not yeah. just word of mouth. It's so much man. faster. Yeah. The creepypasta mm -hmm. and all these stories online, Yep. you know, that is the medium for our modern folk tales now. I mean, it's even evolved since 30 years ago. Which is what made this movie so great. I mean, it, it, that's what it was. It was like very fast paced. It was like, bam, 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 bam. You know, was it 95 it, minutes, I think. Yeah. 95 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, Tight. it felt, I'll be honest, it felt longer. Not too long, 
um, I, I just really loved it. Good friend of mine from college, you know, I was telling him, hey, I'm so excited about this. I was doing some research for it. He goes, you know what? Wild theory. This is my theory. He goes, I don't know if it works, but here we go. This hand, it's the hand from Candyman. And that's what it is. Oh, wow. I'm missing a I can't hand. believe you said that. So they're going to relate this. I was like, you know. It could be a strange way that kind of works. I mean, you activated yeah. by saying something to it. It's a spoken yeah. thing. Talk to me. There you go. Saying something, conjuring a spirit that ends up coming for revenge mm-hmm. and so forth. It's like forth. you're looking in the mirror when you it's see like the spirit. A, I mean, what's, mm-hmm. which is another party game. I mean, I used to do that when I was in middle school, middle school at sleepovers. You know, we'd go in the bathroom and... Bloody Mary. Say Bloody Mary, Bloody oh, Mary. Yeah. And, you know, that shit always different. scared me. I don't know why. Like you said, oh, Jordan, yeah. earlier on. it seemed on. like it's, it could it, happen. It seemed yeah, like it could be The real. idea of like what could happen. Mm-hmm. Or not so much it, like that it didn't happen or it did happen. It's more about thinking about it and getting hyped up in your mind about like, oh, well, what if, what if? So one time with the Bloody Mary thing, I remember when I was over in Alabama. So on my mom's side, I have a lot of cousins. And so we usually would have like one game system. So one time when I wanted to play the game for myself, I just started saying Bloody Mary and they all just left. Oh man, <laughs> you dropped like a grenade. In you the little devil. Nobody wanted to be there when the third one dropped. They were like, no way. Exactly, exactly. And it was well known. We could not say Candyman in the house at all. Jordan's no. mother. Like don't, take so, don't play Otherwise, with that. Tony Todd will show up, and he, yeah, I'm, he can't I'm, get him I'm curious. Leave. Jordan, yeah. Jordan, he'll be all hungover. <laughs> yeah, he sleeps on the Jordan, couch. Did you see anything? No, didn't see anything. I was, <laughs> but I do you believe that following season Alabama lost early. <laughs> oh no! You know what's oh, funny though? Up is Alabama, man. Back when I was a kid, and I used to play Bloody Mary, I would say the the name three times, and of course nothing would happen. But yeah, you know what? Look in the mirror with the lighter. But the funny thing was it. It didn't make me not believe that something would happen. Like I would do it again, fully convinced that something would happen this time, you know, even though it didn't last time. And I don't know why. You got to figure she's like the tooth fairy. So what if several people are saying at the same time? She can't be in two places only at one. once. She's busy. Yeah, yeah. She's bouncing around. It's like the flu. She's network, fucking up you know, everybody else. Yeah. 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 Well, when you guys. Yeah. Like for me, it's like watching Halloween. Michael Myers was my bloody mary or whatever and it was just yeah, like like man. like that music was just it always creeped me out mm-hmm. and that that's what got me into horror movies is mm-hmm. six years old watching it on tbs like putting a sheet over my head like watching on a 13 inch tv and it's like that that's guy actually scares a good... the sh- i'm sorry that's good. no i it, he scares the shit out of me but like he never got me that's actually yeah. a good point, though. Do you guys see? I think this film might be a decent gateway um, horror film because it's not really too graphic. But the, I mean, the the scares are cool, like the spooky stuff. The the, I, I think the gore is a little too much. I mean, if you watch Halloween, age, it's not a th- well. What's his name's face? Yeah, like that's the it's most not gratuitous though. Like it's for it's yeah. all no, for it's, a reason. It's not. It's not gratuitous, but I mean, it's it's gory. I mean, this movie. And then being gory. that it speaks on kids too, and that it is could be a metaphor for substance abuse as well as peer pressure and stuff like that. I think it it could be an interesting film for someone younger to sit. What down do you and think, watch Jordan? Do you think this is a gateway like horror movie for somebody that's like getting into horror? I guess it depends because I feel like the scene with Riley and the demon possession of him is very, very like. I feel like if that's your first introduction to it it's a lot but then again everybody's gotta start somewhere though so Uh, it's true (laughs) you don't know how to gauge what everybody's gonna be into i don't know i mean i think there's more to the story than just the gore Hmm? 
Yeah, well, and, and it balances out. You know, I mean, the Riley scene may be too much for you, but if you've got a thing for toe sucking, this is your movie. <laughs> yeah, there could have there been more go. of that. Or making out with French bulldogs. You know, that's, uh, I will yeah. just that's say, or like who hasn't had trouble talking to their dad? You know what I mean? At yeah. any age, right? So like, true. That, yeah, there's a human could... story there too. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I, I, I'm curious of what Jordan thinks. Is that like, like if somebody's getting into horror movies, is that is this kind of a segue into it? You know, are you going to watch, I don't know, Friday the 13th or whatever? Well, I think he said it depends, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Right. Because, I mean, I feel like what I've noticed with some people who I know who aren't into horror, it's usually they're in one of two camps. So you have the people who are very like, I don't like it because I don't like the feeling of being scared. I don't like, Mm -hmm. they don't like the literal feeling. And then there's the other people who kind of look at it. It's kind of similar to the Bloody Mary effect where they feel like as if they're inviting those what's interesting about Mm -hmm. talk to you though is I feel like the scariest movies it's scary in a different way where I think it would it's very relatable and I related back to Midsommar because I was talking to some of this earlier today with Midsommar and talk to me I feel like are the scariest for some people because they could foresee it and Mm -hmm. these aren't things that seem so because for me I would say the more movies that deal in this like i guess this is a spiritual movie but there's a lot of secularism with it sure. like i guess movies that are more like like the conjuring to me never really scared me just in the sense that i mentally didn't foresee something like that happening to me yeah mm-hmm. but it talked to me essentially i feel like we've seen this scenario happen in some way shape or form not literally but in many right, different right. ways so i feel like it could be the gateway but i feel like it would have to be someone who's already more, I guess, inclined to look deeper than just the surface level. Because from a surface level perspective, the movie is interesting. But I feel like the themes, though, are something where if someone is the type to where if they after they watch a movie, they have to watch 10 Explained, then it would be a perfect gateway. Right. Uh, Jordan, one more question for you. What is the scariest movie that you've seen recently? Like a movie that really kind of frightened you? Oh, my goodness. Okay. I can't remember the name of the movie because like other taught me, but I can describe the plot and hopefully you've guys seen it. So it's had two versions. There's an Austrian version. And then there was a one that was made in um, like 2008 American. Funny games. Funny right? games. Oh yeah. We just, covered we just that. covered that like two weeks ago. Yeah. So funny games to me is the scariest movie because it's the scariest movie because it kind of talks to where I talk about the idea of desensitization. So I watched it. And I because they told and I saw a guy specifically say, don't watch the American version, watch the Austrian version. Uh-huh. Because you don't have any attachment. And then listen to a cut above, right? They said yeah, that's what he said, obviously. <laughs> Duh. As everyone does. Continue, mm-hmm. so, Jordan. So when I so when I watched Funny Games, the Austrian version, so initially I'm thinking this is just a typical um, okay, like home intruder movie, maybe similar to a lot of them, but the thing that was most eerie was the scene when the son is killed and he just sits there for 10, 20 minutes, just, just 10 minutes. And they're just crying. And it's just, that is the scariest thing because a lot of the time with horror movies, in a sense that we are watching it for entertainment. And especially if it, if we're talking about things like slashers or something of serial killers in that sense, we kind of lose the human element of it. It's, in a way, you're not rooting for the bad guy, but you're hoping he does something bad. But when you're actually watching the, like what it would really look like, and for, and, you're, and it's almost like you're a fly on the wall, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, 
oh, uncomfortable. So, and then I remember the director, I think, even said, if you don't walk out on this movie, you're a terrible person. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to sit through the entire movie. And what was so interesting is that the movie doesn't have a good payoff. The bad guys do win. They, it's just, they, they kill the family and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's pointless. And then they move on. Yeah. And it's really just that simple. And the thing is, a lot of people would be almost mad that, oh, why can't the, why can't the family fight back and win? But in most of these scenarios where home invasions happen, that's literally what happens. It's just, it's really that simple. But it being so simple and how much the scenes sit, and especially when you don't, because for example, I think with the American version, I forget who the actor, I can't remember, it's a famous it's Naomi actor. Watts and Tim Roth, who played mm-hmm. the parents. Yeah, Tim Roth, who, Eli Roth. So Eli, Eli. Tim. So when you see them, you can still feel a little disconnected because you're watching two famous actor and actors, famous actor and actress. Yeah. But with the Austrian version, unless you're from unless you're from the year, you don't recognize these people. These people could essentially just be your everyday family. So I think especially even how it ends too, where it's just the loud rock music that is just so like screeching that it started with the beginning. After I watched it, I just felt terrible. I didn't even feel <laughs> Like yeah, I didn't like, I almost, you, you felt terrible. And then you and I are chilling one time. I think it was over with fall break. We're watching some YouTube stuff. We're like, hey, check out this funny cat video. Your turn. Hey, you want to check out this funny examination of a movie that's totally nihilistic and offers no hope? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least one of the family gets away, right? Like the dog gets away, right? <laughs> No, no, the dog. The dog? No. Oh, no. no, I know, I know. The dog's the first one, yeah. No. But then there was one other movie, and I watched it with my mom. It was actually called Mom, Moms of Monsters. Mm. And the movie deals with what if you believed your son was potentially going to commit a school shooting? Oh, wow. And that was the premise That's a of heavy the film. I guess I don't no, know. It's almost like uh, what's the one we need to talk we need to about? talk about yeah, Kevin. We, yeah, yeah, we need. To, oh, dude, dude, that is do a not horrifying. Watch that. Yeah, do not. Yeah, watch it's, that. the it's book is world. amazing. The book oh. is absolutely amazing. And the thing is, about, it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's written. Um, the book is written all in the form of letters. It's an epistolary novel, and they're letters. You've seen the movie, John? I have. Yeah, it's, oh it's letters. God. It's letters written from uh, the point of view of Tilda Swinton's character. And okay. at first, you don't know. All words of letters, Jacqueline. Duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like, dear so and so. I'm sorry. So you like, don't know. Who... I, I I watched that movie. I felt so sick at the end of the movie, was, and I went just. I, I was like, ugh. But it's a good movie because it made you feel that way. I think it was. It did. It totally. Yeah. The entire book is written in letters. It's in the form of letters from the point of view of the mother. And at first you don't know who the recipient of the letters is. Uh, Um, Shall I say? I actually haven't Um, seen the movie of, I haven't seen that one. So I will, I'll watch it. But I feel like it's probably similar to mom in a lot of ways. Dude, dude. I'm telling you, Jordan. Yeah. Don't. Don't it's, watch that movie. It's it's, no, it's gross. a good movie, Jordan. You no, it's a, it's a great it. movie, but it's gross. Well, oh, you, you, I know you asked for one thing, but there's one other movie that really disturbed me, and I watched it over the 
previous summer, so not this one, but the one before it. It was a Japanese movie called The Audition. Are you familiar with? Oh that? fuck! <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, we're gonna oh cover god. that, and you're gonna come on, Jordan. Oh my god! We Jordan. need to cover that because I love so that. Not movie. to get too James, much. Into can we have Jordan on for audition? Hey, hey let me tell you. <clears throat> okay. You want someone? <clears throat> I don't know if I told this story or not, but when he was very, very young, maybe okay. first, second grade. You know, they do little assignments where you have to write things about your parents. And he sure. wrote out a little thing and he said, my dad is 50. No, I wasn't 50 then. And they said, what are his hobbies? He's like known for watching movies that are kind of scary. <laughs> he and his sister are big fans of horror films. I mean, they will watch movies that I'm like, OK, you know, you two can watch that on your own. So you want to have people on hey, his sister. She's just like him. Brilliant. Very knowledgeable about this stuff. You know, and, and I will tell you, one of the things that makes me appreciate this movie so much is that they were shocked and surprised, just like I was by the ending. You know, I mean, for me, the joy of seeing this film, it wasn't just that I saw it with them, but I got to experience their emotions as they watched the movie. And I remember their reactions when Mia turns to the mirror and you don't see her reflection. And I was like, oh, and both of them were like, oh, and then as she starts walking towards the light and I could see them reacting in a way where they were like, oh, my goodness, here's what's coming. And I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going to happen? And that final scene, I'm really going to say that I think in terms of horror movies and endings, this is definitely 100 percent in the top five. That Agreed. Absolutely. Fucking I, I, very creative. Did, Jane, it was very satisfying. Um, I feel like it was the perfect ending. I feel like it was exactly what needed to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, again, it's like, obviously they're like Hollywood wants to fuck it up and make another like well, sequel. The, the or dudes whatever. have a, um, they have something written. Uh, no, they have something filmed. Done. Yeah. Uh, it's filmed. They already yeah. filmed a prequel okay. yeah. and they are writing a sequel. Nice. Yeah. By yep. the way, audition, no, Jacqueline. Not uh, nice. When we cover it, I'm ready. Ready. Oh, <laughs> I have the yeah. arrow released. So. Oh, nice. I have. Jordan, um, Jordan's coming on for audition. Audition. Oh, that's a slow burn. So I guess. Kitty, 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 kitty. warning. I guess with audition. So okay, the thing about audition was because I again I don't even remember how I I think there was a YouTuber who does analyzing evil. That's his whole thing where he takes villains or real life people and he analyzes what makes them evil and i remember one of his best ones is the one from training day for example mm -hmm. and the ones he even does with the wire and he's all but the one but he but he did one for um the audition i never seen the movie so i wanted to watch the video so i was like i'm gonna go watch the movie and i watched it with my mom in oklahoma and i am still conflicted if i regret seeing it or if i'm happy that i saw it because so there's one scene in particular that well, disgusts me to this day, which was the yeah, guy. That's who, not spoil it. Yeah, no spoilers, son. No spoilers. You know what? I just won't, I won't spoil it, but it's a scene where it's like the scene. So it's like I don't want to. Yeah, you're talking it, about the end. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a, it's actually not the end. It comes somewhere. It's like oh, I know what scene you're talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it, oh, does it involve a ball? I know. It involves a bull. And a yes. burlap sack. Yeah. Okay, yep, got yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, I know yeah, what you're talking about. You, go, <laughs> you, go, you can save that for your discussion. But yeah, you can see. So 
the Smith family, we sit around and we watch movies about murder, <laughs> demonic possession, Satanist. Yeah. You know, every now My and then kind of family. we play a game of Monopoly. And you talk politics once in a Monopoly, you know, and stuff wow. like that. Wow, hereditary we, Monopoly know. with miniatures made by... Oh, my God. Okay, there he goes somebody needs to make that version. immediately. Yeah. Oh, boy. That is a, that oh is a million-dollar idea right there. I want to be the anthill. Can I be the anthill? <laughs> Jordan, we're doing auditions soon, buddy. Be the post. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Well, we've kind of been, uh, you know, ruminating, uh, you know, on on the different themes and and stuff in this movie. Are there any particular moments, you know, that we haven't already touched on that That, anybody wants to pick apart? uh, The scene where um, there's a scene where Jade sort of uh, where she does the the thing by herself. and sees her mother, which it's not her mother, obviously, but right. she thinks it's her mother. And she lays down with mom and mom lays on her. And there's that moment where um, you hear that water noise at that moment, because that demon, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it has if that's like, connected to that demon or whatever. But we hear that noise. And then it's like the sound effect cues us into the next scene, which is the water being wrung out of the washcloth that's washing Riley, which I thought was just a cool way of like transitioning a scene with sound and not a visual transition of per se like the sound was uh, coming through first and then that scene in the the washroom is just horrific like when he starts bashing his head again bites his sister and then drinks like from it's his like own licking blood. the blood off the floor like a dog yeah so creepy it's very yeah. creepy, disturbing that's a very um indelible scene it's tough to forget yeah, I'm curious. Uh, did you guys think this was all practical? I mean, to me, there was no. It didn't seem like there was a lot of CGI in this movie. No, most of it, it looked like to be largely practical on the ghosts and Same. stuff. Yeah. Same. Yeah, there might have been like a filter on them or something because they sort of look a little different. Um, obviously to show that they're ghostly, but that might just be makeup too. Who knows? Yeah, that's. Yeah. Those could be great makeup effects. I don't yeah. know. Either way, it looked good to me. If it was CGI, really it was, it was well done, and I think you know sparingly right. used, if anything. I like the mm-hmm. look of the um the people when they're using the hand as well, because the eyes dilate. They get like mm-hmm. their lips, the the skin gets flushed around their like mouth, and it looks kind of like dirty or almost like blood vessels have popped around I, their mouth or something. Yeah, I love the effect of like the black eyes, just like just where it was like like, like almost demonic. Yeah. yeah. Except, yeah. is this movie trying to tell me that every time I light a candle, I'm opening a door to another <laughs> world? Like, I'm not. I can't do Bed, Hanukkah bath, anymore. And like, I to can't. Anna's do... house of wax. Yeah, Anna's screwed. So, I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I like that idea. One thing, I mean, just one of so many amazing things about this movie: the acting by these young actors. Oh my god! <clears throat> oh, they carry absolutely incorrect. I mean, just. Riley, <clears throat> and just like I think you were talking about Hydraberg, the the way that they transform when they're possessed, mm-hmm. the actress who plays Mia is is absolutely incredible. I yeah. mean, everything that she has to do in this movie, and even with the eyes and so forth, just it doesn't work just with the eyes. In other words, I think if you don't have talented actors, then all you see is someone with really big eyes, but they're not really selling it. Every time she was possessed. I didn't think that was her. I felt like there was someone else. I mean, she's mm-hmm. totally, totally 100% gone. And I felt that way about everyone else, too. As yeah. well. I, mean, it yeah. was just, I mean, obviously, you know, there were brief scenes with Joss and others where you really don't get a chance to hear them talking. But when she was doing it, I felt, hey, this is one of the more 
realistic portrayals of possession that I've seen because of the acting skill. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like, agree with you, James. I, I I think like all the actors, even though some of them were bit parts or what you call bit parts, they all came together. There was like no throwaway characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is an ensemble too because they come together as a group several times. Absolutely, in, yeah. In the film yeah. I mean, too. of course, Mia is yeah. the lead, but all the characters are really important. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things the actress who plays Mia does really well is that there's a lot of complex emotions that mm-hmm. her hair that her character has to convey and i feel like sh- that actress was really able to crystallize those and make them so apparent through i mean even just subtle movements and very subtle facial expressions she didn't have to ham it up she didn't you know go over the top she didn't make it uh like a caricature she didn't make mm-hmm. it cartoonish um, she was totally believable, and yet I felt like she so clearly communicated the emotions that we needed to see in her. And I think that helped me, at least, completely understand her motivations. And I, mm-hmm. I felt like I really understood her as a character because I think she did such a good job portraying those emotional nuances. Well, and I thought that the whole idea was like a Gen Z, like, and I brought this up before, as like a Gen Z type movie, but it didn't feel that way because it felt real. I mean, That's it was just a good movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. I mean, what about you, Jordan? I mean, it it just felt like there was a like cohesiveness to like the ensemble cast, right? Yeah. And it reminds me too of a movie that I thought, well, at least I thought was gonna suck really bad, but the movie <laughs> Bodies Bodies. Yeah. So I um because I didn't want to see the movie, but someone wanted me to see it with them, so I watched it, and I was like Pete Davidson and gnarly. I'm like, I'm not. This is probably stupid. But then all of a sudden, because because there were so and there were so many like I guess references or like the term gaslighting that's become very prevalent amongst my generation of calling everything gaslighting, but possibly overused. Very overused. <laughs> but in a way, the plot was actually well written, and it was actually a very realistic, I think, depiction of. What a bunch of how old were they in the movie? Like, like older teens. I want to say twenty something. I thought they were 20. about your age. Yeah, about like twenty somethings in that film. Mm-hmm. Would do in a scenario like that, and even mm-hmm. what, I thought they were like uh, home for co- home from college for a hurricane. And what was the movie? Um, what was the all black cast movie? The horror movie. Um, the blackening. The blackening. The blackening. I, I'm not gonna lie. I thought the blackening was gonna suck. I because I pretty enjoyable. I thought it was going to be terrible, but honestly, it surprised me in a lot of ways because I thought it was just going to be a very just kind of like how do I put it one of those movies that is just it's like scary movie like the parody version yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very, something like that but then it actually got very oh okay like I think it straddles a good line that movie that it's entertaining it's not alienating sure. it's it's funny um I liked it I saw it in the theater and yeah. so that was the thing with Talk To Me where it doesn't, it to some people, I feel like maybe some people of an older generation may look at it initially and think, oh, this is just like, you know, like this, like, like, like reminiscent of like when my, when people used to do like the cinnamon challenge is like a thing of that. <laughs> but yeah. it, mm-hmm. it really does, I think the story is told very well and it understands, I feel like the big problem with, and I think this is where we try to where a lot of people are very, not anti-superhero movies, but people have said the the quality has declined because sometimes less is more with the story. Mm-hmm. It really, there really doesn't, it's really not a, about how much bells and whistles you can put with the movie, whether it comes to effects 
or how many different ways the story is branching out. A lot of the time you just have to make people not necessarily it has to, it doesn't have to be realistic, but people have to foresee themselves in someone in the movie. If you can't foresee yourself in any type of way in the movie, it's hard to make someone connect. And you can't engage with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me watch the movies. Oh, my bad. Oh, no. Go ahead. I didn't want to go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I was just going to say, watching movies is kind of like a passive thing, but we do engage, though, in our imaginations, you know, when we're watching these films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to be able to put, to to at least some extent, put yourself in the place of the protagonist. Especially in horror, because that's where you're going to get your scare from. You got to feel like you're in the movie, because then you're like, oh, my God. Things right. What do you like? I I, I think... I, I, I think what Jordan was saying is that I love this blend of it's like, okay, so James, Heidelberg, Jacqueline, we're all like like old older generation, but it, it's mixing with this. And it, it was a beautiful mix. I mean, this movie lived up to the hype for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as a horror movie, definitely. Yeah. And, and I think also as a movie about you know, just, just look at the title. I mean, a million ways you could interpret the title, but talk to me. In mm-hmm. other words, so much of our communication now is not talking. There are people mm-hmm. I've known for years, and I can honestly say I've never heard the individual's voice. <laughs> Couldn't tell you what they sound like. Yeah. But it's text messages, looking at their Instagram or Facebook pages and so forth. Right. So really, in that sense, it's maybe expressing a desire for that most basic primal human form of communication that's essential mm-hmm. for so many things. And then the to me part, because how much of our human interaction now is people basically putting out photographic albums on social media for everyone. And it's not really directed to an individual. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many scenes and we've talked about this already where the kids are just sitting around and they're in close quarters, but what are they doing on the phone? Mm-hmm. On the phone. Well, they're they're, yeah. they're filming the person that's being possessed, and that's the mm-hmm. cool thing, you know. Right. And, and Jordan, I mean, it's it, it's like, you know, it's a YouTube sensation. You know, you're filming this it's person being possessed, and you see the black eyes, and and it's like, oh my god, this person's possessed. Oh, that's funny, right? No, right. it's not. I mean, when we were younger, seeing the the completely covered eyes in black, it was like. Fuck that person. They're possessed. No, if I saw anybody with eyes like that, I knew that they were on probably hallucinogenics or something. <laughs> Some kind of drug. But uh um, salts. They were on yeah, well, or they're on ecstasy well, or something. But uh well, Hydraberg grew up like later than us. I mean, whatever. I, know, I had a childhood or uh, adolescence. I mean, I've been around. I don't know what to tell you. James, to touch back on your point from before, if this title's talk to me, right? But what's the next response? Let me in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, no, I let you in. I let you in. I'll let you in. Let you in. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because you know, both watching ways. it the second time, I really was impacted by how the movie starts off with the frustrated brother saying, "Hey, look, I've been trying to reach you. I know mm-hmm. you're getting my messages, but you're not calling back or texting me back. Mm-hmm. What's going on?" And I really think, I mean, the ending is obviously incredible. The ending is amazing. The, the start of this movie is incredible too. It really, truly is. It really kind of summarizes for you what's going to happen throughout the remainder of the film. Because, hey, you've got a brother, lack of communication with his brother. He clearly knows something is going on and it's deteriorated to the point where what happens? Brother ends up almost killing him and then killing himself. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what happens throughout this film. And, you know, the real tragedy of Mia is that I watched the video and it made a really good point. The father never had the necessary conversation with Mia about what happened. Yep. I feel bad so, for the dad in the end, too, because he oh, yeah, his wife and me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it, that put her in that emotional space where she's essentially looking for family. You know, her father is just the provider and caretaker, but there's no emotional connection. Mm-hmm. But so she they, she didn't see she didn't see the note until the end of the movie, right? Right, because yeah. the dad and kept at that it point from she her. thought it was fake. Yeah, yeah. She was well, because she had the spirit yeah. telling her yeah. that's Who not she real. She thought it was her mother. Exactly. You even see when she's just, laying next to Daniel. There's that moment where she just like moves ever closer to him, just yeah, to be she's next so to desperate connection. for connection. Yeah, yeah. She's so desperate. Not necessarily. For... It wasn't a sexual thing, and that's no, why it was so I, embarrassing with the foot thing because that wasn't her. She was possessed. Absolutely. You know, in yeah. that scene where she's chasing her father and he's going to the elevator and she's yelling, Dad. Oh, Dad. my God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see a glimpse of his face oh, and then yeah. the door's closed. Oh. That shit sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and then it goes dark. That was that was that hit for me. Dude, I, I mentioned like my, when my dad passed away, we had to go, you know, you have to go see the, the body. And when we did, sure. the, the hallway did one of those things that happens in movies. I didn't know it was a pot that could happen. It elongated. Yeah. Like it just kept going. Cause I just didn't want to go down to what was inevitable at the end of that hallway. And my mind just sort of, my vision just sort of went, it was weird. Uh, yeah. And so like did when that, I see that in movies now, I'm like, Oh shit, that's, yeah. you know, it does happen sometimes. Did that scene hit you extra hard? A little bit because she's like running after her dad. So I was like, yeah. I lost my dad. Like this movie definitely hit him. No, I, know, like, I, I know. totally get her character and the grief she's holding on. Even two years later, I, I get her sure. watching videos and stuff, but sometimes that's right. worse. Because you're just holding on and holding on and holding on. You're not moving on. Well, that's moved on, but they haven't moved but, on together. They haven't spoken you, about it. They haven't moved on think, in, a, in a healthy, constructive together, yeah. way. I, I know, but you got family. You it's also like have to think her... about. Yeah, she's she's young. I mean, she's no, not. I get it. She's, yeah. she's not an Her adult. I mean, yeah. she's like 17, right? right? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. 18 yeah. at the most. At that point, you. I think she's under 18. Even dealt with grief. You know what I mean. Well, sure. I think she's 17 because you remember Daniel he's she's like well where do your parents think you are and he's like oh they think about my cousins but I'm 18 so the police didn't call my parents yeah right and so the other parents got called I guess and so yeah. um that's why he goes to her house well, mm-hmm. well and that's that's what makes it more tragic tragic for her I mean it, and again that's what makes this movie so great I mean it's just like everything kind of ties together well, and the thing is, yeah. like, it's tragic, especially because she's so young, but also because she didn't really do anything wrong. Like, she made no. a mistake. She made a mistake in getting involved with this thing, but that doesn't like sure. and letting Riley get on it. Yeah, she didn't do anything malicious. She did something foolish, but not with malintent. She no. wasn't trying to well, hurt anybody. She wasn't being cruel to anybody, and all of this just befell her. And so it's like. It's just it's it's extra tragic because, you know, sometimes we want to see characters get their comeuppance. Right. You know, it's True. satisfying to see a bad character have something terrible happen to them. And you're like, yeah, but this was not that at all. This was like this was just needless. Like it didn't need to happen to her. It, it, uh, it affected me for a few days because she, I think, is just like you said, she's innocent. Mm. You know, I mean, look at the tragedy that this young girl has faced. Loss of mother, be it either from suicide or whatever it really was, you know, estrangement from the father, 
you know, at one point being rejected by Riley's family as, hey, it's your fault that this has happened to him and fearing that she's caused him irreparable harm. The embarrassment. I mean, we know how awkward teenage romance and so forth is. And so for it to happen like that and then maybe to be pushed, if that's in fact what happened by someone who was like a sister to her. And then, you know, it just the whole notion of looking into the mirror and then I'm gone. I'm wiped out. Mm-hmm. It was rough. I mean, that's why we sat there for a few minutes afterwards. And I think my son, he will tell you, I, I think we came back to my place where I am now. I just kind of sat and stared at the ceiling for a little bit. And I thought, whoa, this was, and that's what makes the movie good. When the movie brings out those emotions like that and to have the courage to do that, because that's not necessarily an audience pleasing decision. Uh, yeah. No. You know, I'm sure there were sometimes to sell. Oh Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, James, I kept hoping, oh, please, please let her be okay. Please let her it, be okay. And, mm-hmm. she wasn't. and James, I, I, I agree with you because I mean, the way it was shot, it was so beautifully shot because you see the dad in the background just blurred out. I worry. You don't about get to him. see the you don't get to see the dad until later in the movie. But I mean, it was like the way that was shot. It was like I mean, it was like seamless. It was just yeah. like okay, so he was like distant or whatever it was you know or whatever they're trying to portray of what the dad was to her you know in the very beginning uh, you meant yeah when he's yeah. blurred out or oh i yeah. thought you meant in the end when she's running to him no no, no he's blurred out in the yeah. beginning of the movie yeah. i mean at the end of the movie like he's his back is to her right well, he I starts to turn in... a little bit in the elevator but well you don't see him though I mean, he's back like, like of his face. Yeah, I think he's out of focus. Yeah, he's yeah. out of focus. That's like, you I, can see the actor start to turn, but yeah, he's out of focus. Right, right. But I, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, you yeah. don't really see him That's until true. like middle of the movie. So also the scene when she does get channeled into the hand, she doesn't look like miserable. It almost looks like she knows what's going on, maybe because she knows of the hand. I don't know if her spirit was able to like almost like a meta way of like she's aware of it. No, I she's I, I like like to me the way I read that was like she was just trying to find some sort of happiness. Because a lot of the spirits looked really like you know what I mean. She just kind of looked like, oh hey, well, I, I'll take you. Yeah, I'll, I'll go inside you. Like I don't know. Right, and Jordan, I mean to me that almost seemed like like I don't know if you agree with me, but it was almost like just like this high of like maybe drinking yeah. for the first time or something like that. Yeah, I think the thing about it too though was because. To go back to when she originally first goes, because remember when she first sees the um the woman, she looks disfigured and immediately she's like, Yeah, she lets go. Because even for yeah. example, and then it reloads like, another a different spirit. I take this word, I would use the comparison like this. If you were taking, let's say, straight liquor versus liquor that's mixed with juice, for example, right? So if you were to and just juice. like Bacardi and just drink it, it's terrible. <laughs> you don't even but then if you mix it, that's how people usually then become, okay, this is more enjoyable. And they Palatable. kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what was interesting too, which is the perspective of... they, You can see... So when you're summoning the, the, the spirit, you can see it in however it may look. What's interesting is we don't actually see when, when the compilations happen, we don't see what all the other people's spirits look like. We only see it from her point of view. So for example, when... Um, Especially with uh, what happened to Riley, when Riley, for example, is speaking out with the voice of her mother, 
that almost to me was more unnerving than if you would have saw it. Because if you see it, we're looking at it from like, okay, I guess like, but hearing it is more unnerving, especially because then it puts you in the perspective of you're in now in the room, whereas first you're looking at it through her perspective. But then when you're the person who's kind of sitting there on the couch while it's all happening, because I could imagine it's one thing where you're kind of sort of like distance from it if it's just a random spirit and it's just like oh this is cool but when you hear someone's relative it's like oh Mm -hmm. that's that's like where it gets like very iffy and then her wanting to keep keep him in even though especially i think they i think they said he should only hold it for like 40 90 seconds seconds. 90 seconds and they went over and she allowed it to go over because it was about her mom that was a little bit of a selfish decision right there but we get it like but it's understandable it it wasn't malicious it was foolish but imagine your loved one all of a sudden you have a connection you think you could speak to them for a moment but it's also ambiguous because she went through the whole process and maybe that's her like vision of it you know i mean this kid could have just been like uh, you know, just enjoying the high like everybody else did. Are there good and bad spirits? Yes. Because I almost I wonder so. really in a it way. Seems it seems like there are. Yeah. Yeah. I said some yeah. can try and trick you. It's like a Ouija board. I took it as in like, you just yeah. don't know what you're yeah, getting. You don't, you don't know you're what's on the other side. Hand, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one YouTube explanation video where it said too many people are looking at this as a tragic ending. It said certainly there's tragedy along the way, true. but her expression when she sees the guy uh huh. She's going to have human contact again. That's what and it felt so, like. Yeah, it didn't yeah, feel like yeah. she's going to be able to be that good spirit yep. and maybe yeah. warn them as opposed to some of the other evil spirits. Because True. I did struggle a little bit at first with her reaction when the guy's looking at her because she's obviously not evil. She doesn't look evil. We've come to see the good, vulnerable part of her. So True. is this sort of maybe offering us some hope that, hey, these people are not going to experience what she tragically experienced? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope so, I, I but think... don't we also see that when she's in that limbo nether state, that she, I mean, it's like torture. Oh yes, yes. Like where they're, I mean, it's so... like they're feeding on mm-hmm. Riley, right? Like they're almost mm-hmm. eating him in a way. But isn't she yeah. in that space too until somebody calls her? Or am I confused? I don't know. Like I no, don't think I, she's I, in that I, same state though. Like she's like, in a like, limbo, but not that. One of the few limbo. movies that I love, ambiguity, is this movie because it was like at the very end, you know, she's somebody's like like doing the same shit that they were doing like early in the movie and she's reaching out and she's the hand and i i I just i love that and i just i'm like i don't know what the fuck happened but that was awesome so why is riley's spirit in like this torturous you know hellscape but her spirit is in like this place that looks like the further but but I mean that's the ambiguity of well, the she's movie. dead, and he was in he was just a human okay. soul dragged Fair. in. Okay, to... there it is. Thank you. Yeah, I think also if I remember correctly, did still possessed. Then they allude to something about how certain souls were easier or more valuable than others. For example, I think mm-hmm. well, him something. being a young kid, it might be more innocent. Yeah, because she says when she's possessed the first time behind you. You should run, and they're gonna split you. He's gonna split you, or whatever, to hit Riley specifically. Right, and then the and run. thing is so with her ending compared to Riley's. What I find interesting is like it reminds me of the anime Death Note, for example, where whoever uses the Death Note can't go to heaven or hell. They're just all that happens to them afterwards is they're just stuck in limbo. They're just in not even purgatory. It's just the nothingness. So initially, when you see her after everything fades away. 
it's almost the scariest element of the idea of just non-existence of mm -hmm. just but then when she sees the light at the end of the tunnel you almost feel the it's not a hope thing because at first initially when you're seeing the light you're thinking maybe there's something more but then you hear the candle too like you right, hear a you match hear like, yeah and so then when she's peeking on the other side and it's now essentially the, the beginning but in a different way the interesting about it though is the idea of because i read this creepy pasta where they said the place that's scarier than hell which is the idea of when you when you die you just simply exist within your memory that you don't yeah. lose consciousness but you're just there for everyone else to remember and you're there forever still here so the idea is even though we might look at his idea of a reaching of human contact, she now has to essentially, though, if you think about it, relive the same thing that caused her to her own demise. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't ever get to see her mother, essentially, probably because her mother, from her perspective, almost pushed her to literally kill a kid. And so now her image of her mother is kind of sort of ruined in a way, because even though it's not her but from a physical perspective, it's like, and then you think about it too, her mother looks disfigured as well. She doesn't even look like her mom. You can see it. She looks. I think that was the, that was like the other ghost, like spirit yeah. showing through eventually. Cause it was like holding on to that form for so long, trying to trick her. But well, that's Heidelberg, mean, Jordan. I, like that's it, not how it, she's going to want to remember that, you know, that's I, like, it, I, it, I taints, think, it taints the memory. Yeah, yeah. But Jordan's under a really good point is that she became her mother. You know, she became that that image that she saw mm -hmm. of her mother, just like very, uh, very, uh, um, you know, just blurred. I think that's how she finally had to let go at the very end because that's, you know, it was like her mother and finally in her ear. Right. And Jordan was absolutely right. I mean, but this is so ambiguous. You don't know. I mean, it, it was What do you awesome. find? I don't. Like what's so ambiguous about the ending? I I, I just I, I don't understand like how she transitioned from being oh, okay. well, like the mechanics of it all. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they don't really. I like that about the film, though. It doesn't tell us. I, I do too. Lights go I out. Time passes. She yeah. sees a little glimpses here and there. Yeah. I think that's how spirits might be. Sometimes they linger a little bit, and then they could be. Where I mean, going. why is she in limbo though? Like, is that based on? Deaths based around this hand, or are all spirits in limbo? Like, I don't know. The yeah. film doesn't. Well, I mean, like, she was the out. one that was thrown off the bridge, right, James? Like, yeah, like she, yeah. She, you know, and, and she jumped thing, off the highway. I think the way you see it, it depends on what she did. So if she killed herself, okay, yeah, then maybe you see the movie a different way. If she was trying to maybe stop and save him, but the sister pushed her, then maybe it's a different way. Because I think. There's an element to the explosion of suicide yeah. and the impact it has. I mean, this is definitely, definitely a movie that talks about the impact of suicide, intergenerational trauma. I mean, there's no doubt about the fact that this young lady is scarred by her mother's, you know, suicide. And, you know, it, who knows how this was viewed, you know, by her father, perhaps her friends, you know, did she kill herself? Um, mm -hmm. You know, what I love so much again about the ending is you see the time skips like you talk about Hyderberg because mm -hmm. Riley's face at one point is suddenly healed and he's checking out of the hospital. We know that didn't happen in a day or two, right? Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you know, uh, one critic who's talking about this to a certain extent, we're relying upon her to translate things to us, and we don't realize how her perception is affected by these spirits. 
So for example, you know, two scenes that I thought were very, very incredible that make us realize that she's an unreliable narrator, at least in this sense, the, the toe sucking scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because she's seeing it one way and then the young man wakes up and he's like, oh, wait a minute, it's you doing it. And she's like, oh, no, 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 you know, it wasn't me. And then the other scene where, you know, the father comes in and at first she thinks she's actually wrestling with the spirit, but you see her, you know, moving around. So to what extent can we really rely upon what she's seeing when she's in this other realm? Okay. Um, who knows? But I, I just, I, I love that ending because just like you said, the ambiguity makes for great discussions like this. Yeah. It doesn't force you like Jordan talked about showing rather than telling and giving you a chance to bring your experience, you know, to this. So, and, and James, I, I I think you made a great point is that she is an unreliable narrator because you don't know what she's going through. But like you said, you know, the toe sucking scene or like her stabbing her father in the neck, you know, she sees something. However, you know, it, uh, the, you know, the, the forced perspective is that she just stabs him for no right. reason. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a part of just a quick humorous aside. Jordan and I have a continuing little joke in movies, like how is he still alive? And I think it goes back to what's the one movie we watched son or is it, it's the movie where the blind guy, he's the assassin, the kids break into his house. And oh, don't breathe. Don't, yeah. don't breathe. There you go. And so I think I remember movie. one point saying that to you, like, how is he still alive? Because so. he's a Marine. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Um, well, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to try to kind of wrap, start wrapping it up a little so we can get okay. to our reviews. But if you have something else to add, then by all means. Oh, it's all good. I just I did like that. The the hole when she's like coming up to the candlelight, it looks almost like a keyhole. Like she's on the other side yeah. of the door. You know, it's like it looks door. great. Yeah, it mm-hmm. looks really cool. Um, and I just do feel bad for the dad. I just the the whole stabbing scene was really well done too. The way they made that scene, oh my being god, coerced by the the mirror, dude. Sound I, design during that scene, ramping up like you said, the scratching and stuff, and then the dad pounding on the door, just pounding and in, incessantly. But we know it's not the dad because we're getting glimpses of him looking in her bag. Yeah, yeah. I was like oh man, that first time the scene played, I was like, where is that? This and of course, that... it can't help it, you can't help but sort of echo that story that we know about the mother's death and yeah. He was trying to open the door and couldn't, and she's, you know, scratching at the, the door from the other side. And it's just, yeah. you know, there's there's those echoes, like you said, generational trauma. Mm. It just it keeps going. Mm. Uh, how do you guys feel about moving on and giving our individual reviews? Let's sure. do it. Absolutely. All right, John, this was your pick this Yo. week. Why don't you start us off? Well, first off, Jordan, James, thank you guys so much for coming on. Appreciate you guys. We love you guys. We're going to have you back on. Many, many, many more times. Um, I'm going to make mine short and sweet. The acting in this movie was top-notch. There was no wasted characters in this movie. Um, it's hard for me to say that that a movie that came out that got a lot of hype doesn't live up to the hype. This movie lives up to the hype. Um, it's really, really hard to dissect this movie after one watch because I've seen it one time. Uh, I do want to watch it again. So I'm not going to give this a 10. However, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10 uh, stony hand jobs. Okay. On C, not, Jack. Not like you're going to get some calluses it. or something. I would powder it. Powder the thing, maybe. 
before you? I don't know. I mean, if you get a stony hand, I mean, you got to get a stony hand. Because I mean, when you go like right, mountain climbing, right? Rock climbing, you use that powder. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Chalk. Jacqueline, you're, chalk. you're muted. Don't you use chalk? Yeah, put some chalk on your Don't you use chalk. You know what I'm saying? Ch chalk on your quad. All right, there we go. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm from Long Island. <laughs> talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> All right. Discuss. This steroids really shrink your penis. Discuss. That's very good. That's quite a good impersonation. Linda Richmond. Uh -huh. talk. All right. So nine out of 10 from John. Jordan, would you like to go next? Yes. Yeah. I would probably give this around the same rating, about a nine and a half, nine out of 10. It's one of those movies where, again, where my biggest complaint, I feel like with a lot of movies in general, is sometimes I feel like directors or studios try to do the right thing. Sometimes, and what I mean by doing the right thing is they try to make the right ending to make the audience necessarily feel good, but what they think would be the least controversial, just kind of straight of the narrow, this is the good thing. But having the movies that make you just kind of either, they make, it doesn't have to make you feel happy or sad, but almost sometimes I feel like, I feel like that's, that's almost underrated, the feeling of just, oh, that's kind of that's like you you don't you can't even put it into words. It's the feeling of just mellowness, but not in a mellowness where you just are kind of bored, but mellowness where it makes you almost just step back and you can't even really think about what you watch. Like you're very aware of it, but you have to really take it in. And I really like the ending again that we talked about for a while, where I feel like a lot of different studios would have tried too hard to tie the knot where sometimes you don't really need to. Sometimes you got to make a sketcher instead of a, a shoe. I don't know. So nine out of 10. All right. Nine nice. out of 10. Stony got hand it. jobs. Yes, indeed. I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't sure if you're allowed to say that. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James, what is your review and rating, sir? So, um, you know, for me, there are a number of things that make a movie excellent. One of the things that I place at the top is that if you go and see it with friends, family, people you care about, what's the discussion afterwards? And, you know, the discussion immediately afterwards, and then even months, weeks afterwards, I still remember the effect that it had on my children because it hit everything. It was entertaining, it was thought-provoking, great cinematography, and, you know, just thought-provoking. And so I just love this movie for that reason because it was a family bonding experience who knew that families could bond over ghost sex violence demonic <laughs> spirits and satan i think Probably we all knew that here james that's right <laughs> oh he got but, it but, right but the, you know <laughs> the other thing i loved about it though is my god the acting um i guess i'm not sure what the eligibility was because of when the movie was released and where it was released but the actress who played mia I have to think she was nominated for some awards or got some award. If she didn't, then not that that's the be all end all that these movies need validation from awards, but the acting performances in this film alone are reason enough to see it. Her performance is absolutely incredible. And it made me excited to see hopefully what these guys are going to do, even if it's not with this film, but with other movies, because they knocked it out of the park. Mm. 10 out of 10 stony hands a great movie that I think hopefully will encourage us to do something, which is to see movies like this with people that you care about and then sit down and talk to them about the films, turn your phones off, talk to me, 
talk to your friends, talk to the people you care about. Loved it. 10 out of 10. Man, oh man. 10 out of 10 from James. All right. Hydraberg, what do you say? 10 out of 10. Wow. It's high praise from James. I respect your uh, your opinion on films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, talk to me, baby. Talk to me. Are you talking to me? Huh? You talking to me? <laughs> uh, yeah. I enjoyed the way the plot utilized me as grief. Um, I think grief, it, it's a powerful emotion and can be used in the horror genre quite well i think uh, it's become a trope of sorts but i don't think talk to me goes down some of those same roads as some of these other films that have used that already as like a you know a mechanic for our character or, or our entity um i think it feels different and uh we like different uh the emotional weight of like what me is carrying and like later riley and his family also makes the film really work for me i think uh it's like ooh, it's scary and all there's all that stuff but there's so many other themes at play here and, and drama at play here with these characters that I think makes this film um, uh, just kind of outstanding. I mean, that's why so far we're, everybody's giving it such a high score because it's not just like, a, you know, scary one and done. There's more to this film under the surface. Uh, I think the teenage cast, I don't, I'm sure they're not teenagers, but um, they're teenage in this movie. I thought they all were really excellent. Um, I like, did I love all the characters? No, like, because they were portrayed realistically and we don't always love everyone we meet, you know, um, but they were acted really well. I think it speaks well on peer pressures as well. This movie, um, you know, the hand possibly being the place of substance abuse, like I mentioned, um, a way people cope with trauma. It's passed around at parties, etc. cetera. Um, I like that the movie, like the hand could be that, but also it speaks on her grief. Like there's so many other things at play. It's not just one thing. This film speaks on a lot of different things and never really, pigeonholes you in one way of thinking either um that's why we've been able to talk about it so long tonight um i love the sound design it's creepy even at home i've put the headphones on the dolby if you have dolby atmos uh that shit kicks ass it's creepy man the creep factor is really good on this one i thought um especially when you're going to rewatch it that's the stuff that i think hits still when you still get tingly or like i think this film had moments of like that where you're just sort of like what the fuck's going on right now uh genuine atmospheric scenes i just really loved a lot of these scenes uh, party scenes um there's some levity like oh an homage your kid's fucking around with this hand but at, like you said the the real thing at play here is like you guys are opening yourselves up to like you don't know what you know and then we see this the the ramifications of doing that uh the imagery is really great in this film the look of the dead people as well as the eyes of the face of, and the face of the people using the hand i thought it was all really well portrayed it looked great um Practical effects, it all seemed mostly. The hand itself, really cool design, simplistic, but all the little drawings, like writings on there, like names, like who knows what that says. It's like a cast being signed. I love that because it gets around. We see that by the end. Mm, I like to think of this thing in like someone's thrift store somewhere now. It's like it's in an <laughs> odds and end store or it's in like that store. Like a garage sale. The show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, garage sale. How much for the voodoo hand? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. I got I to ask my wife. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but there's like hand shaped things that women that you could buy to like store your rings on. You know, it's like a jewelry storage thing. Like somebody could easily just mistake it for one of those and, you know, throw it in a a yard sale. I'll get that that for my jewelry. You know, I'll just (laughs) set it on my vanity and put my my wedding ring on there when I'm taking a shower or getting a manicure or whatever. You know, John's got. Yep. Yeah, he's got a hand. Nice, John. It's a wooden hand. Um, You are. uh, you know, we've all shined about the film. I have a little cons. 
They're not. They're not big. Uh, I. I don't think the film shows Mia's guilt over Riley being hurt that well. I think they kind of speed over that a little bit. Like I get. I know she's guilt. She feels guilt, but like I don't know. Uh, I think the film. I just think that action would have weighed a little bit more on our girl. Like, she's part of their family, you know what I mean? Uh, being that that's her ultimate demise in the end. Like, she sacrifices herself to save Riley. I think that could have been a more of her, her driving force. But I get, too, like, we see for a moment in the film where she gets sidetracked by her, her grief still, you know what I mean? By her mom. And that becomes, like, almost selfish to her. Like, she feels that way. And then, so I get that she kind of delves into that and then forgets about Riley for a little while because she gets sidetracked in her stuff. But then comes back to the fact that, like, I need to make this right. So, um, and I do think that me and, and her father's relationship, although I know it's supposed to be strained, it just feels a little underdeveloped still in the film. Like, it's a short film. Pacing's good. I think there could have been a little bit of time just spent there, even if it was a flashback or just something humanized to that. I thought the actor was great. The moments that we got with him are great. His little talk with her and him crying over the speech of the letter. I loved it. I just wish we kind of, he got, got a little bit more, um, uh, with that all said, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Talk to Me 9 out of 10 as well. Uh, it's stony handjobs. Put some powder on that thing or, I don't know, some silicone. <laughs> you need some lube, man. Uh, lube, maybe, lube? Yeah. 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 I, I Jabert, real quick. Uh, do you think you could, like, watch this again and maybe get I mean, more out of it? I bought it. Okay. Yeah, and there's some special features for sure I wanted to look into. Um, okay. It's not, like, I don't think it's, like, jam-packed with special features, but there's definitely some stuff on the disc to look into. Yeah, but does it feel more like a maybe a multiple watch type? Yeah, no, I think I think this is up there with like say the it follow or like a, a ring or like something like that where I'm definitely gonna oh. pop it in mm -hmm. here and there, or it's definitely one you want to show people. I think sure, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, nine out of ten. All right, all right. Jacqueline, well, I'll what go. You, Jacqueline, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, thank you for asking. Jacqueline. I was just waiting. Jacqueline, <laughs> you got so how do you many feel about Talk to Me 2023? Oh, Talk to I'm me, baby. I'm so glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, what can I say that you guys didn't already say? Um, I love this movie. I think it's it's definitely one of the best from last year. Definitely one of the best from the past few years. Um, I actually think this is a very accessible horror film, and I think it would definitely or i think it could definitely be a great entry point for somebody who maybe isn't well versed in horror but maybe wants to try something uh try to get into it a little bit because for a lot of reasons um all the reasons everybody said great performances great cinematography i think this is this movie is a an example of just really good storytelling um i think it's tight i think it's efficient but there's a lot of showing and not too much telling you know I'm, I'm always harping on that i hate it when you know they just have to tell you everything but you don't it's not like dramatized for you i think this movie has the perfect ratio of that we know what we need to know and they don't overdo it they don't over explain things to us which i am grateful for for one um Yes, there are scares in it. Yes, there's some gore. But as I said before, it's not gratuitous. And on top of that, the movie also has brains. And the movie has heart. You know, like anybody can appreciate that, right? It's just a good story about a tragic thing that happened to a family and how that affects the family, right? I mean, at its heart. And who can't relate in some way to a story about that or at least, um, you know, be able to put themselves in a character's position like that and appreciate that's that story you know horror elements aside so and 
add to that great acting performances, a tight runtime. Um, it looks really good. I think it has high production value. This was not an expensive movie, but I think everything they put up on the screen looks great. So I actually think this is a fantastic choice for an entry point for somebody looking to get into horror. I think it has a lot to offer. And like some other films we've talked about in the past, I think that if you want to access those thought-provoking questions and themes, those are there for you um, and can be quite delicious in that way. But at the same time, if you're not somebody who likes to you know, get contemplative if you just want to enjoy the story and, and get on with it. I think you can enjoy this movie on a surface level too, depending on what you're looking for. And so I think it can work either way. I just, I think this is a very accessible movie to a lot of people. I, I wouldn't imagine that most people who at least moderately enjoy movies, I can't imagine that most people would, you know, be repulsed or, or reject this movie. I think most people could find something in it to enjoy i really do um so uh you know what else can i say uh i give it a nine out of ten stony hand jobs <laughs> nice so so i think stony. james and jordan actually put it perfectly it's it's like that it's not like watching midsommar or like hereditary but it, it it's like i don't want to say it's like a lower tier but it's like 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 more accessible i guess yeah right? that's the perfect oh, yeah. way to oh, put yeah. it actually john I think absolutely that's exactly absolutely. what it is and, yeah. and i've i've recommended this film to more than a few people who really say i don't like horror movies and mm -hmm. almost universal opinion has been after they've watched it they're like i really enjoyed this they all say of course you know the riley scene it is tough you know and, and that is i mean sure. I, i've you know been hardened by some things but i think again that's the courage of the filmmakers because it's an essential part of the story and I think it really shows you the brutality and the evil of those spirits. And so their courage mm -hmm. to be able to do that. You know, I think well, it's, it's yeah, it's crazy to me that these guys started out as YouTube content creators, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they created this movie and it's just like, God, it's hard to say that that you watch a movie that lived up to the hype. And this movie lived up to the hype. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You know, there's something about this YouTube generation. I'll tell you just a quick, quick story. Um, gosh, what was this back? Maybe 2011, 12. I know one time I was on a text thread with Jordan and his cousin, and mm. we're just trading jokes about sports back and forth. And then Jordan shares a screenshot with us. It was a message from Utah congratulating him on having watched, what, 10,000 videos, I think so? I think like <laughs> 10,000 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it goes to your point, John. Jordan's generation, I mean, this is the YouTube generation. You know, these are people and we're seeing that YouTube has influenced so much movies, music, politics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me that these guys are effective filmmakers because they probably do a lot of what Jordan does, which is watching, you know, these content creators who do, I mean, some of the most amazing film stuff I've seen, you know, has been on YouTube, you know, 10, 15 minute videos where it's like, you know, oh my goodness. But I will tell you, Absolutely nothing that I've seen on YouTube compares to what you guys do. And I just want to say Hydroberg to you. I really do appreciate you, you know, talking about how this relates to you know, personal loss with your father. And I want to mm -hmm. say that, um, man, your podcast and amigos, I'm speechless. Absolutely incredible because you know what's so great Thank about you. it? Bringing back memories for me of movies that I saw growing up 
you're too young to know about how important warriors, you know, I mean, that was one yeah. of my favorite movies from childhood. And I mean, all the episodes are excellent, but that one really hit me in particular because that was a movie I watched with my father. And mm-hmm. then listening to your episode about it and finding out things about it. And I just watched it last week. And so, That's you know, good. what you guys do here with this podcast and you know, Hydroberg, what you do, um, you know, let me just say that, you know, my son and I, we kind of developed a tradition and it's been spurred in part by what you guys have done. He's been kind enough to sit down sometime with me for a couple of hours and watch some movies. We have a little thing called Classic Movies with Papa. And um, I was able to convince him to sit down and watch. I didn't think he'd make it. But we made it through The Departed. Oh, and such a good movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can see the smile on his face. You know, I mean, no spoiler, <laughs> but you know the scene I'm talking about at yeah. the top of the building. Yeah. <clears throat> it was worth it just to see his reaction. So for those of you who might be listening to this pod for the first time, continue to. These guys do amazing work. I haven't seen my son this excited because I was like, okay, make sure you're on time. He's like, oh, yeah, I got the Zoom link. I'm ready to go. And he's done research for this. He really loves the work that you guys do and Hydrobergs and Amigos, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It really, truly is. James, you're never going to be on the show again. We're bringing Jordan on all the time. Now. <laughs> you're hey, fired. I mean, yeah, he's the younger <laughs> version. No, no, no. no, no. Let me tell you, it gives me a chance to experience the feeling of dealing with my parents now because when I call my mother, her very first response is, what is it? Is it about the kids? I'm like, no, the kids are fine. Okay, cool. Well, then what do you want? Nothing. I'm just your firstborn, but hey, it's all good. Yeah. And I have you know, parents who are older. When I FaceTime with them, I'm usually looking at the ceiling fan or the window. Yep. The only time that they get on the screen, that one right there, his sister or his cousin Kevin. That's when my parents, they suddenly become FaceTime <laughs> So, hey, being replaced in significance and importance, you know what that's about. You no. know what that's about. If you have kids, hey. <laughs> James, you haven't been replaced here. The way no, I see it, no. you guys are now a package deal. Yes, so. you Absolutely. are. Yeah. Oh, this, this Absolutely. is. Oh, I, is that. Do Look I at that. Oh, my God. Is that the little background. effect there where you fireworks. get the thumbs up? And what happened? You said Rob Zombie? There you go. There you go. Ah, fireworks. Well done. I had it you earlier, heard. John. You had yes. gotten up. I, I heard you. I heard you. Yeah. yeah. The influence of Disney. There you go. I didn't know that was a thing. It's not working for me. Yeah. Uh, well, folks, th- this episode's running a little long. I don't have any earth-shattering trivia, so I think I might just skip it, other than to tell you one fact, if I may. Please. The budget for this film was $4.5 million. Mm. Okay. The box office gross was $92 million. Ah, <laughs> hell yeah. Mm. Crazy. As YouTubers, you know, they know how to make stuff on a budget. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they that sure do. Helps. Those guys need to be hired immediately by Marvel yeah. and DC. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I want to see them do creative things. Okay, oh, yeah. well, I'm since you said it, how to actually like, make a good movie. On a, no, yeah, on a I get budget. you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah, they so, James, help. since you said it, okay, I guess I'll, I'll add this one um, trivia fact. So, Danny and Michael Philippou, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but those are the writers and directors. They turned down the chance to direct an unknown film in the DCEU in favor of having Talk to Me be their directorial. Mm. Wow. Nice. Whoa. I think that was a smart choice. I for right. am grateful. I think we're going to talk about that more about this film, no pun intended, than uh, that film that they would have done. The film should be called Talk About Me. 
Yeah. 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 See, in an alternate universe, my fear is that we're talking about the bad movie made by the YouTubers Flash. So it's, you know, it's a good thing they did talk to me rather than the, the DCU film. Yeah. Wow. yeah. All right, fellas. Well, that is it for Talk to Me. Next week, we're shifting gears yet again. Um, next week, it's my pick. What are you picking? I have chosen City of the Living Dead from 1980. Oh, my God. Really? Directed by film. Lucio Fulci. Oh, it's nice. our Fulci. first Italian horror film. Nice. I'm excited After about that, actually. Three years. I can't believe we haven't done it. I know. So. We need more Italian horror. Yeah. I like it. So I'm not going to say anything about why I picked this specific one, but I have a reason for picking this specific one. Uh, so it is available for free on Tubi, as all good mm, things yeah. are. So go check out City of the Living <laughs> Dead. I mean, am I wrong? Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Jordan loves Tubi. Jordan loves Tubi. Tubi's great. Tubi is amazing. We, it's the gift we didn't know we wanted, and then we got it. So uh, make sure you're watching the right one. It's from 1980. It's directed by Lucio Fulci. Available on Tubi, so um, you can go check it out there if you want to watch it before we cover it next week. In the meantime, if you would like to share your thoughts with us about Talk To Me, you can email us at acutabovehorrorreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on x at cutabovehorror. You can follow us on Instagram at acutabovehorror.horror underscore review. I also want to say uh, a huge shout out to James, Trace Table, the Nikki Haley episode really got me. Thank you. I'm, Thank you. I'm well listening done. to that on the way to work tomorrow. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, John. It's literally uh, the and, smartest podcast out there. So, Thank you. Yeah. And Jordan, I am going to subscribe to uh, what is it? Blackout. Blackout Combat. Combat with, with a K, K, like Mortal Combat, which yeah. I did. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so excited to check that out. All right. We'll go oh check that God. out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Blackout combat, combat with a K. Uh, also, Cinemigos, Swingers. Oh, that was money, baby. Oh, it's so money. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you All so right, much. Thank you for inviting us. We really, truly Thank you guys for taking it's your just... time to come on. Absolutely. And, uh, Quite enjoyable. Thank you so much. Time. Thank we you for coming on. Yeah, it was awesome. Yep. Love y'all. John, you want to talk about Facebook? Oh, yeah. Uh, cut above colon horror review. Follow us on Facebook. Yep. Here's five stars on iTunes and uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yep. Yeah, whatever. All right. So I'll see you, Hydraberg and John, back here next week to talk about City of the Living Dead. Until and keep then. it creepy. <laughs>